to have a nice apocalypse. It's the Talk Film Society podcast, in which we discuss the works of Richard Kelly, more specifically Southland Tales. I am one of your co-hosts, Marcelo Pico, editor-in-chief of Talk Film Society, and here with me, the other co-host of this show, Marcus Irving. Hello, Marcus. Hello, everybody. It's Marcus Irving and Marcelo Pico back at you, back here again to talk about Southland Tales, of the film. Of course. The film, Southland Tales. Uh, I it's mean, a film, isn't it? It's Kino. It's cinema. That's what we've been saying for the last 23 episodes. Now Now this is episode 24. We will say Southland Tales is Kino on this show. <laughs> now, Marcus, we th- th- this is our fifth attempt at recording an intro for this. Um, listeners, we don't have time to tell you why that's the case. Because this is a big episode, literally. Look at the look at the time codes for this. Look at the length. It's three hours long. Because this intro is going to be about five to ten minutes, I'm betting. And then we've recorded like two hours and 45 minutes uh, with our guest, who we'll, we'll reveal here in a second. Um, but yeah, it's a big one, so we can't waste any time. Marcus, I want to ask you this. Uh, who are you? Do you love South on Tales? Yes or no? Yeah, what's my deal? Um, Marcus, uh, I like the film South on Tales. It's my favorite movie of all time. That's about it. Nothing else matters yeah, about yeah. me. And I'm here. I like the movie a lot. Uh, I am Marcus's friend. Uh, okay, let's move on. So, uh, Best friend. Sure. So, uh, for these intros for every episode, uh, we have segments. But we have no time to go through all the segments in depth. I mean, uh, up top, we usually talk about you know the movies we've watched recently. But we have no time to get into all that. Uh, I mean, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and I liked it a lot. I mean, Marcus, did you see anything? That- <sighs> uh, I watched uh, Renfield, you know, the, the guy, Dracula. Dracula himself. Good old, good old Mr. Oh, Frank. Nicholas Cage finally getting to let loose, you know, yeah, play a finally. wacky character for once in his career. Yes. Um, Bad movie. Not the best. It has its moments. It, a, it's a, fine. It's a, fine. A guy's face gets ripped off like you wouldn't believe. Uh, some of the okay. effects in that movie in Renfield, eh, pretty good. The movie itself and... Ren- Renfield grabs a, a, cop's, a cop by the arms and then kicks him in the chest and... His arms rip off. Pretty that's pretty good. sick. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 But I understand some of the, some of the rest of the movie. Yeah. Tonally, it's all over the place yeah. and uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's that's done. We also have um, another segment called Southland Ales, which folks oh. guess what that means? Yes, that's we, we usually talk about the drinks we have as we record the show. Any special drinks? Any, yeah, we like, usually uh, make something special for it or try. We have some effort. Uh, today, I just, I just have a Mountain Dew. Yeah, uh, all I did was... It's empty. Uh, was it just like regular Mountain Dew? No, no, nothing special? Just a regular Mountain Dew, yeah, green. Uh, I made a... MTN. I made a smoothie with banana, mango, blueberries, yogurt, and almond milk. Damn! To shove that in a blender... Ooh. Uh, um, drank uh, that is fancy. Drink the rest of it uh, just now, so it's all gone. But yeah, it's really good. 
so that was my South on Ales. Uh, but yeah, I usually will, you know, maybe in the future when we have more time, we'll actually make drinks again, and, and we'll see. Uh, so that's done. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah, third segment. Finally, uh, the news. Yeah. Uh, the news. The really, Kelly news. Uh, all we do here is just read Richard Kelly's tweets. Not a lot of Richard Kelly news coming out, you know? He's got to read his tweets. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I should say last episode, uh, episode 23, where we talked about kelly's faves and if you like this episode so far go back and listen to richard kelly's faves volume two our last episode pretty good um we 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 read through his tweets in the intro then but that was back in january of uh, 2023 now it's fucking may uh i mean that's how sporadic we record so we have no time to catch up you know, through all, you know, five months of tweets. We'll, we'll do all the catch up next week. If you're really excited about a bunch of tweets, come back next week. Yeah. We're just going to read two. Okay. Last tweet we read talked about planes, trains, and automobiles. If you want to hear us talk extensively about that tweet from, <laughs> from January 7th from Mike Ryan that Richard <laughs> Kelly retweeted, go back and listen to the last episode. We spent about a good 10 minutes talking about that. But now, we have no time to get the, into these tweets. We're just going to read them, okay? Next tweet. One each. We're going to read one one each. One each. Okay. Richard Kelly retweeted a January 20th tweet. Tweeted by Mubi, the streaming platform. They say, happy birthday, David Lynch. Born on this day in 1946. And they shared a picture of Lynch and the, uh, the the monster behind the alley in Mulholland Drive, an on-set picture. The monster is smiling. They're both smiling. It's a nice picture. Uh, so happy birthday, David Lynch, from January 20th. Uh, December 20th, or January 20th, a, a holy day. A holy day, yes, absolutely. Uh, and his next tweet here, and this is my tweet, uh, he retweeted uh, Walter Chaw, uh, uh, plugging a book that he wrote, I think, about... Walter Hill, who's a director, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I can verify that Walter Chow wrote a Walter Hill book, uh, with a foreword by Larry Gross and an appreciation by Edgar Wright, with a great cover by, yeah. uh, Ganser. Walter on Walter. Yeah, Walter. I don't think that's the name what, of the book. What does this guy do? He, <laughs> no, he directed Forty Eight Hours. Good for him. No, Walter Hill, legit. Uh, uh, you know, uh, good director. No yeah, I, I don't think I've seen anything. Do you know how <laughs> you can get a clue? Pick up Walter Chaw's book, a Walter Hill film. I think that's the name of the book. We're not here to plug that. Uh, no, uh, Kelly sure plugged it when he retweeted it. But that's it. No more tweets for now. We'll get to the rest of the tweets next episode. Uh, oh, I should also say Richard Kelly followed my personal account on Twitter. Let's move on. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, that doesn't matter. That's not crazy. That's not crazy. Yeah, it's, it's not news at all. Uh, who cares who I'm he follows? I'm not upset about that. No. Uh, all right. I, so those are our segment segments done. Those are our segments done. Uh, now we just need to, you know, kick it off to ourselves. We should pass it on to our past selves. We recorded this commentary. It's the Southland Tales Cons Cut commentary. We recorded this back in February of this past year. It's May now, so a bit of a delay. Uh, but hey, it, it's all working out, Marcus. Who I mean, you're, we're gonna have an intro uh, here in a bit, a nice big juicy intro. But let's let's wait no longer. Who did we get uh, for this special episode? We got 
superstar, director, actor, editor, Supreme, Vera Drew. Yes. Vera Drew is Notorious our... figure right now in the news. <laughs> yes. Uh, Vera Drew, she's back. Uh, I think originally this was supposed to be the prestigious season premiere of this new batch of episodes, but uh, we had already recorded the Kaylee's Faves last week before we recorded this commentary, so... Yeah, I kind of took an impromptu break. Yeah. Yeah, it's all weird. uh, This show's weird. This show's weird, but hey... Uh, But yeah, we had Vera on. She's lovely. This episode is very fun. Whether you know anything about the movie or not, it is going to be a good thing to listen to. Yeah. Uh, Oh, uh, before... Because I I know you have something planned uh, in terms of, like, a pre-plugs section. Oh, Uh, so, so much planned. I want to say this... Uh, we haven't talked about this anywhere uh, online, I don't think. Uh, maybe we have. Who cares? Um, last episode, we definitely didn't talk about it because we didn't. You know, it didn't come up until uh, this commentary that you're about to listen to. But Vera Drew uh, pushed us into doing uh, what we're going to do for the next season of the show. So that's all I want to say. We it, It'll definitely be brought up in the next few minutes, but... Uh, just know that her idea that she gave to us in this episode, we're doing it. And uh, so stay tuned for that this season on Have a Nice Apocalypse. That's what I wanted to say. Marcus, uh, yeah. I know you have things to say now. Yeah. Uh, well, when we got to the end of this, uh, it was a very long recording. Uh, we did not spend too much time uh, plugging stuff. So I just wanted to do some extra plugs up here for our guest Vera for being so nice to come on for the second time. Uh, if, uh, if this is your first episode, you can go back and listen to another episode of Vera if you want. <clears throat> just uh, go, you know, go find that. But uh, Vera plugs, uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Vera drew 22. And if uh, you're like me and Marcelo here, uh, you're champing at the bit to see the people's joker the film that she directed starred in produced and co-wrote with uh brie la rose um if you would like to see that film released from the clutches of warner brothers entertainment and david zaslov's grubby little hands use the hashtag uh free the people's joker on twitter you know tweeted at wb tweeted at james gunn you know to tweeted at uh, kevin sorbo you know whoever who's another person marcel who should they tweet it at um, did you say James Gunn? Uh, you know what? Uh, I did. Send it to Tim Gunn. Send it to Tim Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, send it to Tim Gunn. Uh, ma- just make it work. Like, we're going to try to get <laughs> People's Joker released. Uh, and, hey, hey, and if you're all, if you also, uh, if you're hoping to catch one of her many secret screenings that she's had of the film, uh, all around the, all around the globe, uh, just in this last month, she had summer in the U.S., in Canada, in, uh, goddamn australia you know you might want to sign up for her patreon patreon.com slash vera drew 22 i'm not going to say exactly why you should do that but if you do want to see the movie uh wink wink it might be a good idea to go there if you do want to know about some secret screenings maybe maybe she gives you a a heads up over there okay (laughs) And this one, this one's more of a personal recommendation for me. I would uh, like to point you to check out the works of uh, Dream Video Division, and it's uh, many, they have a lot of offshoots. Uh, uh, A69 is the one I'm most familiar with. Uh, They're a collective of extremely talented digital artists uh, born out of uh, the racer trash, uh, which became kind of a craze uh, like early on in the pandemic. 
Uh, but they broke up, and uh, it's just kind of this weird collective that's split into many different subsections of uh, really great uh, artists who do re-edits, communal re-edits of uh, films, or they'll do music videos. Uh, they're experimental, funny, scary, uh, trippy, emotional. And uh, like they're one of my favorite things that I found uh, in this last year. Uh, and I found them because of Vera herself. She has uh, contributed to a few of these. She contributed to the re-edits of uh, Magnolia, Manhunter, and Point Break. Point Break. Uh, Manhunter and Point Break, I'm not sure if you can find, but Magnolia, you can find her sections on YouTube. Watch the whole thing. It's uh, like they, they turned it into a four-hour epic. It's amazing. Anyway, keep up with uh, their work. Uh, you know, Follow them at Dream Video Division and at A69 Presents to look out for whenever they're streaming their uh, cool movies. And, uh, you know, finally, uh, uh, don't be an asshole. Uh, so support the WGA strike. Because oh, we're yes. currently in the middle of that. You know, thank you for bringing that up, actually. I I, I do want to say, yes, uh, we're, we're all in solidarity uh, with the WGA. Uh, I can talk yeah. uh, for Talk From Society as a whole. I, th- I think we can all, you know, rightfully jump on that uh, bandwagon. Bandwagon is the wrong word. Uh, be on the right side of history where we are folks yeah. and support the WGA. Get, 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 get the people that make the shit that we love, get, get them paid better. 100%. You're in California, you know, go pick up a sign and shove yeah. it through David Zaslav's mouth. I, I, I rarely ever do this anymore, but uh, go on uh, uh, Twitter and, and go to uh, talk from society's Twitter account at talk film SOC. I've been retweeting um, support for uh, WGA and I did retweet something, uh, not too long ago, uh, that uh, gave out helpful links if you're not in person to help um, with you know with the picket lines. Uh, you can you can help from home. Thank you, Marcus, for bringing it up. Uh, okay, that's it. I think I think I think that's I think I think we've completed our mission here. The intro I think is we're done. Ready. Yeah. So without I think further we're ado, just about ready to kick it over to our pal. Uh, Moby to yes. play us into our next section. Moby, get your sweet little behind in here. It's time to transition into the next section of the show. Folks, uh, take care and we'll see you in about 20 seconds. Wow, I, I I do enjoy that Moby. I think I've said that on every episode. I I have nothing bad against Moby, right, Marcus? I mean, one of uh, the best artists of our time. Well, there's probably some stuff you could hold against him, but I do like that song. Um, <laughs> I don't get tired of that song. Every time I hear it, it's like a nice warm hug. And hey, you know what? I'm glad you said that because. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll say this before we introduce our very special guest, okay? Today was the first time in a very long time I've seen Southland Tales all the way through. And man, mm-hmm. did it feel like coming home, Marcus. I'm glad we're back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. So, we haven't done this in lo- six months or whatever. We're yeah, back. Very long time. I mean, we recorded an episode, but that's going to come out 
No, that that one that one's down. not real. We're back. <laughs> this is the first. This is the yeah. season premiere. We're back, baby. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, we have to get into it, Marcus, because there's no time. This is going to be a long one. So, Marcus, I'm going to toss it to huge you. Huge episode. Huge episode with a huge guest, Marcelo. Illustrious. Uh, illustrious. Illustrious guest. What and I. Oh, sorry. No, please, please speak. Did, uh, yeah, I didn't know. Should I? Should I have spoken? Well, we, oh, it's fine. You remain nameless. Yeah, but uh, I don't need. I don't need. I always feel uncomfortable, to be honest, when when people like introduce me and I just kind of sit there in silence. But I completely <laughs> just defaulted to that <laughs> for the well, first time. That's fine. Quite naturally. Well, there are no uh, rules on the show. And and uh, gonna... I, I believe Vera, your question was, "What does illustrious mean?" I have the definition. Uh, illustrious oh, yeah. means well-known, respected, and admired for past achievements. See, that is like the one thing that I would say is that is that me? Am I illustrious? How? Like what? I guess I have some. I, I guess I have some good past. I, I certainly admire you for some of your past achievements. I, I feel can like say that. I. I inst- I guess like I, I really and I don't want that to sound like I'm being negative on myself. I guess it's just um, how I think about uh, time and art. Like I feel like I'm really just getting started. But yeah, I've I've done yeah. some really cool shit. Yeah, I, I've, I've I've been in the same room as Nathan Fielder. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, you said it makes you uncomfortable to hear. Uh... <laughs> introductions about yourself uh i'm so I sorry mean, go for it marcus That's has a doozy for you <laughs> uh we last spoke to our illustrious guest on the eve of her premiering her first feature film a coming of age story of a young trans woman's ri- uh named joker's first forays into and the eventual rise to the top of the dark criminal underworld that is the gotham city comedy scene at the toronto international film festival to rave reviews but her film didn't just make the Torontonians go wild. It also captured the ire of one Michigan J. Frog, a former mascot who was pronounced dead nearly 17 years ago, but who has secretly been kept in cryogenic stasis by Warner Brothers Entertainment Incorporated for times just like this. Michigan has been unfrozen to lead a sleeper cell consisting of Top Cat, Yosemite Sam, Deadshot, Polly Walnuts, Annabelle the Doll, Penelope Pitstop, and the tap-dancing racist caricature frog himself <laughs> to put a stop to this completely illegal Joker parody film and protect the honor of the WWWB. This veritable suicide squad has been chasing our guest as she travels across the country natural-born killer style. But instead of killing people, she's capturing the, <laughs> she's capturing the hearts and minds of America by holding legal screenings for, of her legal film for her legions of rabid fans. <laughs> Time will tell when or if she'll ever be able to get back to her peaceful former life of adding squeaking sound effects to Scott Ackerman's shoes. But one thing's for sure, she's bound to come back at least a little bit twisted. Coming to us live from an undisclosed location, please welcome the crown princess of clown princess of crime herself, Vera Drew. Yay! Wow. I take back everything I've said about <laughs> sitting there while somebody introduces me. That was thank you. That was beautiful. And like honestly, not uh satirical or, or like it's that's that's exactly what what happened and what yeah. I've been doing for the last several months. Yeah, you've been you've been being chased by Penelope Pitstop and Top Cat. It's certainly what it feels like. 
I, I knew. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I knew Marcus uh, had that intro. I, I didn't read it, but all I knew was Marcus said he had four paragraphs ready. So it was funny <laughs> hearing Vero say that before the introduction. And I, I wouldn't be so, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to crush your spirit. I mean, no. like, all things considered, d- d- A plus delivery, and yeah. I am so delighted. I'm so sorry to start things off on that foot. And, like, you have to include every second of it because we're oh. talking about it now. So. It's all in. No, it's, it's staying in. I'm yeah. the editor of this. It's, this is all staying in. <laughs> But Marcus, good job. We, this episode is as going always. to be as good long job, as possible. Nothing gets edited out. <laughs> All right, I said we have a long one. We should just get into it, okay? It's a special occasion. Um, in the past, Marcus and I, uh, when we decide to dig into the films of Richard Kelly, we have a process. We have a procedure, okay? Mm-hmm. In the past, uh, we've done commentaries on Donnie Darko. Domino, and of course, a theatrical version of Southland Tales. And we have been teasing this for seemingly years now. We're going to talk about the cons cut finally here on this episode. And we're starting by doing a commentary for the cons cuts of Southland Tales. And Vera is going to join us. I'm so excited. Like, I. I love this version of the movie so much. Like, I don't think it's perfect. But I'm so excited to watch this with you guys today and talk about it. Like, thank you oh, yes, so much for having me on. Fuck yeah. I'm so glad you're like going to be. So are you di- you're diving in in the same way, like in in chunks? Like, are you going to after this or? Oh, well, uh, um, uh, uh, I, I think wish. you should. I think you should. Uh, do you think, I think we you should? should punish yourself? How many chapter uh, skips are in this? We haven't talked about that, really. We we we. we the, okay, I think it's thing, 12 again. It'd be another 12 episodes, Marcella. What do okay, you think? Listen. Okay, listen. <laughs> Let's leave that for an off-mic conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really stirring things up today. I Literally. <laughs> something's in the air. I'm sorry. Uh, but, okay. We have plot. This is, like I said, this is the season premiere. And we plotted future episodes but it's never come to my mind anyway uh, of us doing that 12 yeah, part what? dissection again. But I never Marcus, thought of it either, but why wouldn't we have thought about that? But Mark, because it, it, it went so well, it really did. You know, yeah. yeah doing and, and, it in and, that 12, 12 part. I'll I say this before, you know, we start. I, I, I said earlier, it was like coming home, watching Southland Tales again. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to doing that again, splitting the cons cut in 12 parts. And But hey, you know what? Vera, thank you. We, we might end up doing that. <laughs> we, we're, we're almost two years into a Southland Tales podcast. In May, we'll be two years in, and we're just now getting to the second of two cuts of the movie. <laughs> we're now what are we doing? <laughs> Well, and this isn't the final version either. Like he, you know, he he wants to make more that's right. movies in this in this and extended universe. With so. how much how with how long that's going to take, maybe it would be wise of us to do anything to keep extending out this show. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I mean, like people know this about me that like I'm very like content minded. You know, like it's kind of how I think about everything is like everything is content so you create content 
yeah, I am a content creator first and foremost. And it's important for you to think of this, this podcast like a business <laughs> and uh, stretch it out as long as possible. Well, I, 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 I will say this. Like, like Southland Tales. Yeah, I, I, I will say this. I, I, yeah. Like I said, me and Marcus were plotting stuff out and we're trying to come up with like at least like 12 episodes of something to do, you know. But now if we, do, if we, if we just end up doing 12 parts of the cons cut, hey, that's – those are twelve topics right there. That, that, that secured. Boom. Done. No, mm-hmm. no work from us on, on that part. <clears throat> just go to our guest. Just watch this chapter. Then just watch this chapter. So that makes mm-hmm. it a lot easier for plotting these episodes out. So Marcus, let's think about it. I'm leaning towards yes. You don't have to answer now, Marcus. Maybe think about it. Maybe. Hey, how about this? Tease it at the end of the episode. I we'll feel decide. like you're the one that would need convincing Marcelo. So if you're saying yes, then no. Obviously, I would say yes. But 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 here's the thing: we wipe the slate of all those ideas we were going to do for this new season, and then we just do the twelve that's parts true. instead. That's my that, that everybody that's my. that we already have booked, kick them to the curb. <laughs> but 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 they can come on and just like uh, uh, pick yeah, do part. another yeah. do another chunk. Yeah, do another chunk. Yeah. So all right, uh, and I then it'd be cool to analyze them side by side. Like this happens in this section. Oh, oh god damn it! Oh god, yeah. Vera, again, thank you. All right, so the ultimate disruptor of your dream. Commentary. We've all paused the movie, the cons cut of Southland Tales, at the zero mark. That's right. So, well, right now on my screen, I see one second, but uh, it's close enough. Um, so just so, so back back it up, pause it. And on my count, I'm going to count it down. I'll say three, two, one, play. Can you get, I'm sorry. Can you give me one second? I'm trying to figure out how to set up my, my uh, subtitles real quick. Oh, that's fine. You're cool. Um, As we wait. Um, yeah, I mean, Marcus, that's a good idea. I mean, just, let's just do 12 parts. God damn it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and like a look. lot of this stuff that we do have planned can probably fit into those. Yeah, I mean, okay. Like, uh, are, uh, are these enough things to sustain full episodes? Or are they additions to? Mm, Goddamn! Yeah, because because Marcus, those. I mean, you can go. You could even go like, just deeper. I think like I think it's I think it just like don't even think about it as like companions to the first part because like this this version is so different too. Yeah, I feel like different. I feel like it's complete. It's completely out of because it's like the order of it is completely different. Marcus, I I know you have like some exciting guests planned, but like I think they could easily fit into the chapters, and we, we focus on like the main topic they want to bring to the table, and then we'll also talk about that section of the movie, and like yeah, like Vera said, we'll dig in deeper to to the movie. You know, I dig it. But also do whatever you want to do. Don't listen. To me. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't. It hasn't come up, and I think it makes a lot of sense because, like I said, we're trying to come up with twelve episodes to do just on random topics. But now, I'm totally fine just doing it again, but with a cons cut. So that's that's how I see. Yeah. All right, I have my subtitles up finally. Okay, thank you for. That's fine. Let me start that again. So, so we've all paused the movie Southland Tales, the cons cut. Uh, at the zero mark, or I mean, I see one second on mine, but it's fine it, as long as they're close. So we're all paused there, uh, folks. Get out your copies of the Cons Cut of Southland Tales, which I believe is only available really legally, like on the Arrow 
Blu-ray. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not telling you to download an illegal copy of Sasslon Tales, but that Arrow Blu-ray, hey, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a great buy. It has a lot of the special this features. Stacks. Yeah, it has two cuts of uh, Southland Tales. It has the cons cuts. It's got everything you need. Um, so grab that or whatever other copy you have. Get a pause at zero seconds, and I'm going to count it down. I'm going to say three to one play, and we'll play on play. So here we go. Great. Everybody ready? I think right. so. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. We've all had play. This is the Cons Cut Southland Tales oh, commentary. So universal, universal logo. Vera, do you hope to ever see your name after the Universal logo? Yeah, I love Universal. Like, <coughs> it's it's kind of like the the last studio that I can be nostalgic about and like want want to work with. That's true. That's probably you true. Because you know, I got I got bad blood with uh, WB and. And a few others. Much Everybody. The problem is, is, like, there's only like one person that owns everything now. Mm-hmm. What about Cherry Road? <laughs> Cherry Road <What> Films. <laughs> Although uh, we is. we we just passed Wild Bunch, and they're still they're, they're still I can't talk. Wild Bunch is still doing great stuff. Abilene. Okay, let me start off by saying this. Okay, <sighs> Marcus was really mad at me before we started recording. Because I told him, Marcus, today I watched all of the theatrical cut of Southland Tales to get ready. But I didn't finish watching the cons cut for this. I'm sorry, Marcus. I didn't have time to see, you know, Southland Tales twice, essentially. Uh, uh, Hold on. Uh, I I think this needs to be said, uh, Vera. Our commentaries are essentially timers for us to talk. (laughs) We can talk about the movie. We will talk about the movie. But... We're gonna go off topic a lot, probably. Yeah, they're they're, they're gonna be uh, tangents. Yeah, but I, I yeah. Th- thank you for pointing that out, Marcus, because sometimes I just forget. Um, we don't now, have, have guess. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Vera certainly uh, none as illustrious as Vera Drew. Exactly. Like, uh, uh, Marcus and I do commentaries every month for our Patreon. We like to goof off and like watch things like thinner. Um, oh, I love thinner. <laughs> that that was uh, <laughs> we had a that fun was fun time with thinner. Uh, uh, dark uh, man, with the dark man. That was fun. Dark man, the Silent Hill movie. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, but but uh, but when we do it seriously, I mean, uh, uh, we we like to dig into it. Like we uh, like I said, we did Donnie Darko, we did Domino, we did the theatrical cut of uh, Southland Tales. But just to wrap up my little thought I was having earlier. I got excited watching the cons cut. I haven't finished it. This will be my first time watching it in in its entirety, which is kind of messed up if you know because I'm talking over it. But from what I saw, and I can't wait to see it again, anew. From what I saw, I don't know. I think this cons cut flows better than the theatrical cut. That's my initial impression <sighs> of the cons cut. I have to agree. Uh, I, even. I have to agree. My first time watching it, I kind of pushed back against it a little bit. I said this on Twitter, like where like it wasn't what I already knew and loved. So I kind of, um, I kind of was like, uh, not, not, I I didn't think it was bad or anything. I was just like, not as into it. It was just like a weird experience to me where it was just like, things are 
mostly the same, but slightly off, always on slightly off like IFC. And <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but, but watching it this time, I was able to enjoy it for what it is mostly. And like, yeah, I think this version of the film flows a lot better. I, I agree. That's the right yeah. way to put it. To me, it fe- this version of the movie feels more like a movie. Like it feels more like a like, and I and I don't mean that like in an insulting way because like I will always love the other version. I I watch both. Like I go back mm-hmm. and forth, but like this version, just like I don't know, it doesn't. I feel like I feel like the theatrical cut throws you in and kind of in the middle, and you know then like does a ton of world building and like graphical visuals and stuff i mean kind of like what we're seeing right now but but like Mm -hmm. this 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 cut it just is paced like so much more cinematically and like i feel like particularly like the whole like albaline the texas nuke sequence is so much like darker and just like I don't know. There's yeah, like a dreamier, sad, melancholy. It was sad. Like the, yeah. the opening, it made me sad in a way that the theatrical cut just kind of doesn't. <clears throat> Which I, don't even I think, think it's just because it's longer. I think it's like literally because like you're just spending more time just like with somebody yeah. like carrying a camera around and like it feels more real. And they add a little bit of uh, soundtrack underneath that I don't think is there in the theatrical cut. Or if it is, I've never noticed it. <clears throat> that just uh it hypes up the emotion of it yeah and yeah I also oh, go ahead Vera. i was just gonna say i i i really do i just feast i just finished the graphic novel this morning um and like i actually Ooh. liked it a lot uh but i don't like th- seeing the frames from it in in like the theatrical cut like i like that this cut doesn't have just like these like still images from a comic book you know things are explained more in this version things like this feels like the easier to follow movie i don't know why the answer to make i i I guess they probably they had to cut out 20 minutes of it or whatever to release it theatrically i understand that uh sony or whoever made them do that we we just went into it. It's it's it, who is it? It's Universal Pictures. Universal yeah. Pictures made them do that. But they, they he also like re-edited it in a way that makes it more confusing to watch, especially for a first viewing. I feel like you could pick up most of the plot watching this the first time. I think Roger Ebert should have been able to understand the plot when he saw this in the can audience. And oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just so puzzling to me why they made it more confusing <laughs> and said this is he, the version to release. You know, this could this could honestly be me projecting. Um, I'll self qualify all of this with that, but I I imagine Can was very traumatic for him. Yes. Oh yeah. And like just getting that kind of feedback, like that kind of con- concentrated feedback on your first screening when he didn't even think the movie was going to get into can like, so like, I think it just kind of, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to pathologize it, but I, I, I think it probably just fucked with his head 
and like he over edited it to be honest like and again i don't think this version is perfect because like i think there's a ton of story missing i think i think i think like the vfx like are are great but like you know i'd love another version in like five years that look a little bit better and like i'd also love to see the first three parts of the story Oh yeah, we well, we well we all we all that's our ultimate hope is that we get to see those first three parts turned into its own thing. But I also a more reasonable hope I think is like getting a third I don't know director's cut edit that kind of combines the best things of both versions because that that's what goes through my head now when I'm watching both of them is God damn it they're both so great but there's still there's still neither of them are the perfect movie. I don't think. Agreed. I mean, like, I think, I think the way it, like my opinion would be like, basically take the first, like basically just take like bookend it. Like, I think the whole middle part of like the theatrical cut is pretty good and stands on its own. Like once you're, once you're with like, um, you know Ronald and like stuff you're kind of settled into the story and like the cuts don't change that much but like I do think like this cut has just a way stronger beginning like first 20 minutes and ending like the whole mega zeppelin thing gets so cut down in the theatrical cut it's yeah. fucking crazy I don't know what he was thinking <laughs> it's so good <laughs> in this cut there's uh, such great stuff in the mega zeppelin that we miss uh, Marcella, how long, how long, how far did you make it into the con cut? Uh, I had the last hour to watch, so um, I guess yeah, so they were like just the about to get to the Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I guess we can talk about it more there. But th- there's a ton of stuff that happens on that Zeppelin that I wish we were able to. I've gotten into the theatrical cut because there, there's some great moment character moments like between Nora Dunn, C- Cindy Penzicki and Vaughn Smallhouse, uh, John Larroquette He is still alive uh, as of this recording. Oh yes. That is something yeah. we do for some reason. I did watch, <laughs> I did watch the first two minutes of the new night court and I turned it off because I didn't laugh a single, <laughs> single bit, but yes, that's I'm like, I'm like just, it's like, the only reboot that's come out that I'm I'm slightly too young for. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. But yes, John Larroquette makes an appearance in that new net court. So I can also confirm he's still alive. And may he reign. <laughs> this okay, so like I like the graphic novel, like I love that you get to read pages from the power. Yes. Because <laughs> the yes. power he he should make the power like it is so it it like is so dumb and so like funny but would yeah. be this like pretty successful like mainstream action movie i think so that's what he I wants bet to... he could get the rock to do it yes yes exactly that that's what he's talked about doing he's fucking smart about it what he wants to do is make the power and then animate the animate the other stuff animate like what happens in the graphic novel oh, but the power is the movie and that's great that's great. i know it sounds so awesome <laughs> like it's wildly ambitious and the rock would have to be talked out of his 30 million dollar salary or whatever but man 
Goddamn. I mean, if there ever was a time for The Rock just to reconsider where his career is going, like maybe take it. Oh, hey, rewatching uh, South on Tales today made me just appreciate The Rock as an actor more. To be honest, like in the last <laughs> few months, I've kind of have been like, really? You want to change the hierarchy of the DCEU? All right. See how that see how well that went for you. But honestly, I think he's yeah, he, he is an exceptional actor. When he's given the right material and he he's just go back, reconnect with Richard Kelly and go, "Hey, let's do it. Let's do the power." But will he? No. Nah. He he does he does like he's so far into I, I think we said this on an earlier episode or something, but like he's I want to be the ultimate crowd pleaser. I want to be at the very top of everything. I don't think he cares much to do stuff like this. Um, but every, every now and then he will get something like this. Like the pain and gain is probably the last example. And like pain and gain is awesome, right? Like I I know it's a Michael Bay movie, but it's still not like your typical Michael Bay movie. It's more of like a weird, like dark kind of dark comedy thing. Like, yeah. Need more of that from him. And that was he needs to 10 do, years ago. Like, he needs to, like, he just needs to make a movie for, like, adults. Yeah. <laughs> like, he needs to make, like, I mean, I don't think he needs to make, like, an indie film or something, but no. he needs to, like, try to do something that just he can act, because he's a great actor. Like, I don't know, when he's, like, cast right, he's a really great actor and, like, he needs some I, sort of like dramatic. I wish he, would, he needs his punch drunk love. Oh, oh yeah. my god! Oh my god! He should use. Oh, I wish he would use his sway to get interesting things made rather than to worm his way into whatever <laughs> Disney project is happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, his career right now is really embarrassing. <laughs> I love him though. I really do. I mean, he's. We gotta keep him acting though, so he doesn't run for president. <laughs> or he can come back to the WWE. That's that's been I was, threatened. Yeah. That, that gets I was, threatened every year. I was just gonna mention that, Marcus. I I I think you may have seen my tweets, but uh, I, I've been watching old WWF pay per views with The Rock, and uh, good times, good times when he was like half the size he is now. Got a war rumble. Yeah, it's weird. He he really was. He was like he was like svelte. I, yeah, I, it's so weird watching stuff with him. But and I guess like when I was a kid though, like I just thought he was huge because like in my head, like he's just always been this giant dude. <laughs> love Will Sasso. Big Will Sasso oh, yeah. fan. Oh, we love. Same him. here. We love him. I was a huge Mad TV kid. Um, Me too. I always liked him more than SNL. Uh, they should bring back Matt TV again. I know they tried already, but let's bring <laughs> it back again. Yeah. Should they? <laughs> you know what? Never mind. <laughs> I, I, th- I think I think it had its time. I don't think it, I don't think it, they could. You, they can't steal SNL's monopoly on that. I don't think. And all the late night TV shows that uh, it sucks to even think about, but I don't think Mad TV has a place in the world anymore. It's not the world I want to live in, then. 
it didn't it didn't have a place in the world like when it was on. <laughs> like I think that's why I think that's yeah. why it like it could theoretically come back at some point, but like yeah, I don't know. I'm just tired of seeing sketch comedy in general. But I'm jaded. Mm. Shut down all sketch comedy shows. That's what we're here to do. Well, I just <laughs> think it should be reserved. I I, I think it should be gate kept. <laughs> 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 I think I think sketch comedy isn't gate kept enough. And I think like I, I do I think the 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 hierarchy of power in, in sketch comedy needs to needs to <laughs> radically shift or whatever the fuck. The person to do that? Sherry O'Terry. Come on. Bring her back. I mean, honestly. She's so good. She's so fucking She's good. She's so fucking good in this movie. Uh, her scene here, the, the, this goes on a little bit longer and actually makes it make sense where she, like, in the theatrical cut, she asks for just blanks. He says no. And then he gives her the blanks and a gun, which she didn't ask for. In this, it actually explains how she gets the gun. Yeah, I was trying to find tennis balls up there. there, uh, There's always some new thing to see in the background. What are the tennis balls on the roof? Oh, I see. They're orange tennis balls, too. And green ones. And green ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're behind him, too. Yeah. What is this? Well, yeah, you know what? I'm convinced. We (laughs) We need to dig into this movie even further. There are more unanswered questions. The, like, shower curtains covering all the... Windows. I, I, every set in this movie is filled to the gills with stuff to look at. Every frame, every frame of painting. <laughs> to shout out an old YouTube. Yeah, that's why it. Liked. It really does feel like <laughs> she calls him a cockfucker. Cock <laughs> <laughs> uh, every like, I don't know. This just feels like more so than like any movie. Maybe like second only to like. Um, falling down but this movie just is it just feels like la like watching it just because like la i feel like is that same way where it's just like you walk into somebody's house or like just down the street it's just just so much to look at do do you do you ever go down to what is this venice beach or whatever yeah i used to write i'm in southland tales yeah i mean it it kind of does feel like this I used to write down there all the time. I wrote like most of most of like the writing I did on my own for I Love David. I I did it at Venice Beach. That's nice. Um got a little bit of time here. Uh drink check. That's a set segment we do here. Southland <laughs> oh, Ales. God damn it. What are we drinking? <laughs> I was trying to tell Marcus we shouldn't do this. Um, I'm drinking tea. <laughs> Let me go first. Earl Grey tea. At 6 Fantastic. p.m. in Austin, Texas. Marcus, what about um, I've, I've got a, in honor of our guest, I have a Monster Energy drink. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. Beer. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having a kombucha Ooh. just because I need some caffeine, but. I need that. I need. I need those probiotics too. A very Los Angeles drink. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, like, Speaking it's. Of. I don't want. I don't want to lose my like Midwest cred. I'm like, I'm drinking a kombucha <laughs> because I had pizza three days ago, and now that I'm in my 30s, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Something one of our happens. segments down. <laughs> This is so weird, too, like, that she's, like, a psychic, too. Like, it, it never really goes... I wonder if there was more stuff of her, like, you know, like, psychic abilities or whatever that he was originally going to shoot. Well, it's in the graphic novel, right, where there's this weird... You read it more recently than I have. I read it a year and a half ago, probably. Where there's this weird ass segment where there's like an airplane or something. Do you you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like she, I think like basically like everybody went through, like this plane went through like a quantum riff or something because of fluid karma, I guess. And then like, but like everybody like went crazy or like lost their minds except her. And she had this like psychic experience that like basically she needed to like help bring in the return of Jesus yeah this like is a Christian movie it's like it's like it's kind of it's like a Christian sci-fi movie Uh, even at the end of the movie when the when the Christ figure like bleeds through um Boxer Santeros's shirt. I mean, that's supposed to symbolize like that Christianity is like the religion or whatever, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I guess. Well, um, is 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 that not in the graphic novel? It is. It's it like is. basically that, like, power. yeah, like he, like Serpentine, tattoos him with all the major major religious that's right symbols and. I, I, I so will say the um, the uh, fluid karma. It's fluid karma, right? Not liquid karma. I get those confused. Fluid karma. Fluid karma, yeah. The fluid karma explanation is so much clearer in this cut, in the cons cut. It's like, I, I get it. Like I, I don't think it's said as clear in the theatrical because I think Justin Timberlake's narration says it makes the people who are being experimented on receivers for the fluid karma. Which in my head is like just makes just that streamlines that that streamlines the explanation like so well. So again, I, to 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 Vera's point at the beginning of this, yeah, I, I I'm in agreement. I I do believe perhaps Kelly just wanted to hold the audience's hand firmer in the theatrical cut. Maybe a little bit, maybe went a little bit too far because yeah, the the flow of, the flow of information here is fine for me like i get it i also will say i spent the last year and a half analyzing this movie so there's that too but i don't know we should do that experiment yeah, marcus we, we, we should show this movie to somebody who's never seen it the cons cut and see what they say just go straight to the con cut i yeah I, I, I we probably should sorry there's more jt in this there's more jt in this i, li- I like that about the con cut I was just going to say, 
like when I've recommended it to people, I've always recommended watching the theatrical first. Mm. But I would be so I would just be so curious to know. Like if somebody watched this cut, if if it would even make sense to them, or if it would, if it would be, I have to feel like I feel like it would have to. It just I don't know. Like it's just because it's like even just I don't know. I feel like so much of a movie is pacing, and like so much of like because like this is a complicated story, but like I don't know. It's just it it it's it's it's. it's it feels more like a movie, so I just have a feeling like somebody going in cold would be able to like understand it a lot easier. I think th- there's more of JT's exposition in this that feels like he's talking to the audience to give them information they need rather than in the theatrical cut where he's being more uh, evocative. He's reading from the Book of Revelations and stuff. Like he's uh, giving feeling rather than actual exposition, which he gives more of in this. So, like, I again, I feel like the people in the con audience probably had a better chance at understanding this movie than any person who went to it in a theater in 2007. Yeah. I know uh, one difference between the theatrical and cons cut uh, that scene with Sherry O'Terry and the Highlander. Um, in, in this cut, Timberlake says, uh, uh, share a characters. Uh, Zora goes to the secret meeting with this person in an ice cream truck. In the theatrical cut, he recites that, um, uh, behold a white horse and, and hell followed with him. <laughs> yes. He says that over that. God, I, I love that shit. I love, 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 love that shit. But, does the average person like that? Does the average, will <laughs> the average moviegoer be intrigued by that? Or would that just push them away or make them more confused? That is the, the larger point is I just do think this isn't a movie for everybody. Yeah. Like it's just not because it's like it really does. And like, I feel like this cut, especially like, like amplifies this. Like it really is like, a Philip K. Dick novel. And like, it also has like a little bit of Paul Verhoeven vibes to it. And you can tell he really does love like Pulp Fiction and like just movies about LA and shit. Like, I don't know. It might just be too many things. (laughs) (laughs) And it might be too weird. You're the second person that's brought up Philip Philip K. Dick. Uh, our previous guest, Richard Newby, did as well. Can you speak more directly to that? Marcel and I are not very well-read people. Can you speak more to that, like how, like his themes or his writing prose or what have you? What 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 makes you think that uh, it fits this film or Richard Kelly it's, in general or whatever? It's like this specific type of like dystopian, um like sci-fi edge that this has and like the intersection of like spirituality and like government and like weird drugs and uh yeah it's it's kind of and it's like there's like a a certain not nihilism but um i mean it's about the end of the world 
and I feel like there's just like a brooding quality to I think both both things. But when the first time I watched this, I it felt more like like almost like Kurt Vonnegut or something to me too. But I guess that was just maybe because I hadn't really read another literary reference. If you would like to explain that one, go ahead. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing, but like Vonnegut's more humanist. He's more like. Like if I don't, I I take back like my initial impression of this being a Kurt Vonnegut movie. He just is like obsessed with the end of the world and like weird religions and like is like you know irreverent and like um like in in the same ways that this movie is like just by like having like a character called Shoshana Cox and like yeah. um you know like really just kind of crass like dick jokes and stuff that's all very vonnegut marcella can you what are they talking about here oh jesus christ this is a reference <laughs> to a to a joke we did a year ago um yes they say bad words here marcus that's what you're implying that's what you're saying directly <sighs> oh marcella although i i think we're coming up i i i, I we're coming up on like the line of the con cut that I wish was in. Yes, uh, yeah, I, I was going to say that. So yeah. bad. I was in the theatrical again watching this for the first time. I did not expect this line to come up. He's about to say it. Yeah, here it is. So I'm fucking her last night. Right before I come, I puke all over her tits. That's <laughs> perfect. Why cut that, Mr. Kelly? That'd be our first question when he's on the show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's. I mean, the bigger question is like, why, why did he, why, why is that <laughs> something that happens to these characters? And then, yeah, like, why did he then take it back? Because like, it is such a funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to get The Rock to comment on that line. We need to like show him that somehow <laughs> and see if he remembers saying that. <laughs> I wonder what he has he said anything about this movie like very like, little uh he mostly comes off like hey i'm grateful i got to go to con and richard kelly's a great guy and that's like the most he'll say every now and then if it gets brought up to him on twitter or something that was a wild that was a wild one man <laughs> stuff like that that's so yeah. It's, it's well, it's like uh, Timberlake's quote. Timberlake's quote is so stupid. He's just such a fucking moron. It's like he's like to me, Southland Tales is performance art. I don't understand a thing about it. It's like literally uh, his his vibe of it. But I think that's just probably because they've all only seen. Well, maybe maybe Justin Timberlake was at Con. I don't know. I know. Uh, I guess, okay, who have I seen in pictures? I've seen well, I've uh, seen The Rock. I've seen Richard Kelly, Sarah Michelle Gellar, yeah, um, Kevin Smith because he was also there for Clerks too. I can't, I can't think of anybody else. I do a quick search. Clerks too was it? Can yes, sure was. We did do a oh, not not in competition. But it was played. It was premiered there. He really did. He really, you know. I guess independent film was also very different, even you know, ten, fifteen years ago. But he was really, he was really still. 
he fucked up his career with Red State so hard. Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, Vera, what we, we can absolutely talk about Kevin Smith. What do you think about, or can we not? Do you, do you not want to go on record? <laughs> no, with I don't. I he no. I mean, let's go for it. I I'm down. I I he I I I have a very nuanced Kevin Smith opinion. And he, I'm sure, is aware of it, which is why he will never respond to anything I ever say to him on Twitter. <laughs> Despite making a movie that I'm sure he would love and yeah. probably does want to see. I want him to see it so bad. But the... So you say Red State fucked up his career, is what you said. I think so. I mean, like, I think he's probably a way happier now than he ever was. So on that level, like, I'm sure, you know, he's grateful that he got in front of a room full of every distributor in Hollywood and said, you guys are all idiots and I'm going to distribute this movie. And then yeah. the movie didn't really, you know, like, I think, like, I think, like, on the the side of things where, like, you know, he did kind of, like, disappear for a while like the movie he made after that was cop out like he kind of lost his i think like his like cool guy indie cred um off of that at least on like this like kind of like corporate distribution level i I think it definitely became like there were video game clips there i've never noticed that they were playing like mlb the show or something um, I <laughs> we have to do an episode like on that now. Weird CGI, yeah, we're gonna have to play MLB the the baseball game that would have been out in two thousand five. So it's like two thousand six's MLB, whatever uh, on PS two. The um <laughs> the uh um God, I totally got derailed by that. Oh, sorry. Uh, can I just jump in? I have the list of Southland Tales uh, cast and crew who are at cons. So I can just quickly go through them. Uh, Sir Michelle Geller, Dwayne Johnson, Richard Kelly. Also, Bai Ling was there. Lou Taylor Pucci was there. And also Sherry O'Terry. Wow. Lou Taylor Pucci had two films in competition that year. Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, Vera Marcus and I dedicated a whole episode of this show to Cons 2006. So, what else was there that year? Yeah, uh, okay. So I've got them written down. the The other films in contention that we watched, or that are like notable to us as Americans, uh, <laughs> Volver, uh, Pedro Almodovar, his, uh, Volver, uh, Marie Antoinette, Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette. Uh, Andrea Arnold, her first or second movie, uh, Red Road. Oh, yeah. Um, Guillermo del Toro's Pond's Labyrinth. Uh, Richard Linklater's Fast Food Nation. Alejandro Gonzalez, Inaritu's Babel. And then Palme d'Or winner, Ken Loach, for The Wind That Shakes the Barley. The Wind That Shakes the Barley. And we watched them all, and... You know, more majority of those are good. Uh, if you great, told me even. that the if you told me like the wind that shapes the barley was was just a movie that you just made up, <laughs> I would I would completely <laughs> believe you. It's it has maybe the worst title 
of all time. The wind that shakes it, it the barley. We talked about that where it's like, it, it feels like homework. If you read that title, you do not want to watch that movie, but it's, it's, I, a I very, think, it's, yeah, a, it's a very nuanced, like, uh, is there a character named paw? Like, does somebody <laughs> say paw? In it? It, it, it's about like the, the so, trouble, the, 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 the war in Ireland, the troubles, like, uh, the, yeah. trying to yeah whatever don't want to bring it down it's a good movie it's a good like war picture hum, human it, humani- humanist war picture and it has a great performance Murphy. Uh, gr- yeah great performance by your favorite actor Marcus Killian Murphy I love me some Killian Murphy and of course my Irish heritage <laughs> brings <laughs> I am going to go into a coughing fit <coughs> excuse me I'm Irish. All right, so this scene here where they uh, open up U.S. Ident, they they had that in the uh, in the opening like exposition dump in the theatrical cut, right? It's again another scene where again to me the cons cut is just lays it out a little bit better. Just the flow of information just comes at you not as maybe aggressively is not the right word, just so much at one time in the theatrical cut. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why do they have to wear prosthetics? It's so funny. <laughs> His nose is fucking insane. <laughs> and she looks so crazy too. Like she's got like weird like cheek stuff on or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Such a weird movie. This is another one of those like sets where it's just like. There's a giant hot dog. There's like these dolls and a bag of golf clubs. Like a mannequin foot behind her with a skull on top of it, I think. God, the set design. The set design in this movie. I can't I can't shut up about it. Would this be a normal backyard for like let's say a like a a lay comedian cuz Everybody, all these characters are comedians, right? I think so. I mean, like, I I think these are, like, you know, these are people that are living with probably, like, four people in right. a, in a, a two-bedroom apart. Like, I, I, I get the sense. I, I feel like, and during this time period, too, I bet Venice was, was a little bit less pricey this is also like another version of reality where like i'm sure the entire u.s economy just fucking collapsed underneath everybody because of like the giant like war happening i think this cut has a line that says all the remnants of the Democratic Party are now in the um, the what's it? I've seen this movie like so many times. Marcus, help me out. Yes, the the the, the neo Marxists. Another interesting line that Sorry, I feel really that? should have been in the theatrical cut. Where uh, it's it's uh, I think JT says it. Timberlake says like the remnants of the Democratic Party are now in the uh, Marxist, right? Neo Marxists. Okay. But does he say that in this cut? I think he says it in this cut. I, I, I caught it in this cut. 
if he says it in a theatrical cut, I guess I missed it. But I guess I was just more focused on him saying it this time. I feel like it's in, yeah, I feel like it's just in the big, like, graphic, oh, infographic dump that you yeah. get like, in the beginning of the theatrical See, cut. Again, my, my, my point of, like, th- there's just so much there in the theatrical cut that I guess I needed some time to process everything. The thing that's really fucking crazy that, like, I'm realizing, and again, I'm sorry, like, I just read the graphic novel, but, like, a major plot point of the graphic novel is that, like, these two guys have met in a dream already, Mm -hmm. and they both are, like, these weird, like, quantum twins, and you kind of already know that if you've read the graphic novel, but you don't if you're watching, if you've only (laughs) seen the movie. It's so weird. It's such a weird... Like, I don't know. I guess the only other thing like that was, like, Star Wars A New Hope or whatever. But it's just so fucking odd. Again, another set that's just so lively in the background. Digits for Democracy. I think that's the first time I caught that poster. A giant thumb giving a thumbs up. I'm pretty sure I love this, this bookstore. is a bookstore. I'm pretty sure this is like a famous bookstore in, ah. in Venice. Oh, yeah. Can't remember if I said this, but there should be like a Southland Tales like tour through uh these parts of california hey if i you know if i if i can't get this 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 whole film career thing going (laughs) maybe that's that's what i'll do i'll get a van and i'll I'll, I'll, like dress up a van so it looks like the you know like the car that that fucks the other car (laughs) (laughs) or the ice cream truck Oh yeah, Vera. Do, do you, t- Marcel? Or at least I do. I take this guy and the the guy with the gun in the background here. I take him as an intentional reference to Buster Bluth because Buster he Bluth? looks so much like him when he was in the army for that like one season. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the big glasses. He's carrying a gun super awkwardly. Hey, you know, like, I really do think, like, cinema belongs to the audience, so <laughs> that's what you, if that's what you want, if that's how you want to enjoy this movie, I think you should. You should definitely ask Richard Kelly that if you were All ever right. able to get him on here. Question number two. <laughs> <laughs> Memory gospel. Memory gospel. The beautiful track that is our... Uh, Theme song. Our, our theme song, yeah. Again, I mean, uh, we, we've talked about it, but starting your movie with like these chapters, chapter four, five, and six. Yeah. I think it's like, it's a, that even as a storytelling device is so much more helpful. Again, just because like as a viewer, I know that like Star Wars 
you know, the first Star Wars was technically the fourth one, you know, like right. we knew that and, you know, from the beginning. I love this little shrine to box right here. It's so cute. Oh, and this, <laughs> seeing the scene again cracks me up because she's shoving those fries in her mouth. It's like, what sort of direction was <laughs> Kelly giving her? It's like, just, just keep eating harder, faster. Just <laughs> shove them in your mouth, please. She like she like chews up every scene she's in. She's so yeah. good. I know she's she's phenomenal. Uh, we tracked her down. She's a she's a elementary art teacher in the United Arab Emirates now. Oh, good for her. Yeah, it's it's cool. She has a YouTube channel just for like showing her students like stuff. It's a. Uh, it's cool what she does. And she has a website with like her paintings on it and jewelry she makes. Michelle Durrett. MichelleDurrett.com or something like that. I just feel like the graphics are, are are better in this movie. I don't know, like, it must be a different team or something, or maybe it was just like. I've never. I just feel like everything looks so much better. I've never noticed she. There's a little bit of lipstick on her uh, straw there, like that she's drinking from a bottle and she's drinking from a straw. And there's a little bit of lipstick remnants on the on the straw. May you live in interesting times. It's a good line. So right next door to that, there used to be, like, where, you know, the neon Marxist underground is. I There was, like, a, a freak show there oh. for years. Um, like, I think, I, I, I want to say, like, since, like, at least the 80s, um, it closed... I think right before COVID, but I used to go there all the time. Uh, wow! And there was this there was this guy who would put a hook through his like nostril and out his um, throat. Uh, his hell name yeah. was Mister Morg. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was really cool. I was really sad to see it go. It felt a like a part of me was dying. Oh. Then later I found uh, Mr. Morg, I think on MySpace, I found him on some weird social media site that was like, he had all these videos (laughs) um, (laughs) that were like him talking about like how he was an atheist. (laughs) (laughs) We should have him on the show, Marcus. Yeah, Maybe. let's uh, try to find Mr. Morg. I'm sure that place was uh, was open uh, when Southland Tales was filming. Maybe he has some stories. I would hope so. <laughs> Maybe. God, I would hope so. I hope Mr. Morg was <laughs> got, to, got to watch <laughs> this historic sequence. <laughs> it's very satisfying watching Eli Roth die. Yes, yes. Always, I always forget how satisfying it is. <laughs>
Did did we ever find out, Marcus, um, how they met Kelly and Roth? Yeah. They just were yes. in the same circles. I don't. It's basically that. Yes. But there was like some like new Hollywood group kind of thing, like of, of like Eli Roth. And I think Alexandra Aja or something like th- th- there were a group of them that Richard Kelly was like technically a part of, but he broke out from them. <laughs> um, uh. And I'm going to guess because they all sucked yeah. as people. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Richard Kelly hung in those circles with them for a while. I, th- I also think I want to say, I don't know that Kevin Smith was like the connector for a lot of these people, but like, I, I know that like Kevin Smith and Eli Roth and Quentin and mm-hmm. I think Richard Kelly too, used to like always play, they used to play poker like every week or something. That's such a cool shot. Yeah, this one. That stunt is very good. Like yeah, that, if I'm falling. It caught me on this this most recent viewing. Like him him having to climb up on there. That 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 feels dangerous watching him do that. Yeah, the stunt. Under the edge. The stunt mixed with like some CGI work. It's all seamless. It's all one shot seamless. Yeah. God, her, 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 like, I just, like, gotta appreciate her, like, collar for a second. This, like, crazy, like, fucking Disney villain, <laughs> like, swooped collar she's got. The sequins all over the dress, so, like, it, it looks really nice. Along with the set designers, the costume designers killed it. For how low of a budget this had, too. I mean, it was, I mean, it's it's debated. Like I've seen many different numbers, but it's like ten million is like usually about the base. Like that just I don't know. I when I think of that amount of money, it doesn't feel like enough to make a movie that looks this good. Especially he for how sprawling it. it is. He spread it so thin. I mean, like, I, I feel like it you know, like it's it's really crazy. Like it really does feel like it's it's like still got this like independent sensibility to it. Even though he is playing with a lot more money than he did with Donnie Darko. For sure. Even Donnie Darko, like that that was probably just like a couple million or something in that and that one looks incredible too. He knows where to spend his money. Yeah, that, that whole scene's very funny. It makes me laugh every time. Him punching Wood Harris punching the air like that. <laughs> I went on a date once where we walked down this this pathway. Ooh. No way. No way. Yeah. It's a very, it's very pretty over like, in in like the Venice. There's like these canals. I can see why he wanted to like set it there. Do people in LA ever refer to the place as the Southland? 
I've never heard anybody <laughs> <laughs> like ever. It's like one of the things I love about him and this movie. <laughs> it's just like that's just definitely just probably something only he and like maybe his family or something said. So this you you went down this strip here. Yeah. Oh, so cool. His dick was 200 inches long. That line gets me. There's a great... I can't hear it right now. I assume you two have audio. I don't. I don't have audio. Okay, well, the music here is, like, one of my favorite music points in the movie. Oh, this... I have have audio. This, like, techno thing. Yeah, this this Moby track. Like, it's... Oh, this fucking shot right here is so good. And it all it feeds in with the Moby track and all the, the fluid karma smoke that's going by. Ah, oh, it's so pretty. It's so pretty. This, uh, this, that might be my favorite shot of the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> I've said it before, I love John Lovitz in this. Yeah. Scene stealer. Yeah. Movie stealer. For a lot of people, I think. (laughs) He, like, should be, like... He's, like, another person that needs, like, like his punch drunk love or something. You know what? I'll make fucking John Lovitz punch drunk love. (laughs) Hell yeah. I'm gonna fucking get to work on that right after we're done watching this. Because look at him. I, I think his persona... Uh, like if you know John Lovitz, like this is completely unexpected, obviously. But he, I don't know. I I buy it. I buy him being a sinister son of a bitch. Maybe it's also the hair gets me too. Like it's all white. But I don't know. He's he, he plays menacing really well. <laughs> he really does. And I, I has he ever done this again for for anything? It's mm, a good question. I don't think so. I don't think he really no. He's so maybe he's kind it. of a challenge. Maybe he's maybe he's a little bit difficult to work with or something. I don't know. Yeah, you know, uh, types are. Yeah, speaking of Kevin Smith, I've heard some bad stories from Kevin Smith about John Lovitz. <laughs> uh, but like, also, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well. Like, imagine what it's like. Imagine what it's like working with Kevin Smith. <laughs> like, I I can only imagine how, like, those two personalities in the same room. I just it it seems like a, a recipe <laughs> for trouble. Two people that need to be the like smartest, most interesting person in the room. <laughs> I love you, Kevin. I love you. We, we we love Kevin Smith. We do, but we cannot deny <laughs> that he does. It's seem okay like to have person. notes. It's it's like like you know like somebody has a twenty plus year career. Like you know like I've I've said I've said shit about Martin Scorsese. You know. Oh my god! <laughs> how he hates those Marvel films. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> The, and and that, that one great Moby musical moment immediately into this amazing Pixies yeah. song. This is such like a, like a, just a 
LA moment. <laughs> this song. <laughs> this song is just so this era of like Los Angeles. Oh, God damn it. It's so pretty. It's still so pretty. The fog machine doing work. I looked up what that Latin says on the cop car. I don't remember. (laughs) Thanks for bringing it up, Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If that changes, let us know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Look at these fucking dumb rollerblades. I love that. I love that detail. (laughs) I love them so much. Let they them really hate nailed, so long like, as they fear. That's that's what it means. Wait, say it again, Marcus. What? Let them hate so long as they fear. Ah, uh, okay. oh, wow. Yeah, incredibly fascist thing. Yeah, this movie has like such a healthy understanding of what fascism is. Like, it's it's it really portrays cops and government quite responsibly. I would say, especially for something yeah. like, from like this era. Yeah, and the cons cut for me at least made it a lot more clear the control US Ident has over like the cops, the military, the government makes it just a little bit uh more frightening. It's Maybe crazy. my Yeah, go on, sorry. I like I just feel like this movie taps into the thing that like everybody i mean i just feel so fucking old when i say this kind of stuff now but like i feel like we've just lost the like complete thread that like this was such a traumatic time to be like an american like post 9-11 and like it seems like we're just invading every country in the middle east and like it's all about oil and like i don't know it just really does i can't think of any other art particularly like comedic or like genre art that does that. I, I was I was gonna say like I I don't I can't think of too many movies, certainly of this scale, but like that like push back against a fascist regime like we have in the United States. Like it it doesn't seem to enter mainstream art all that much, and I. It bums me out because, like, the, yeah, this is two thousand six, and uh, it feels more uh, meaningful to today than a majority of movies I see today. And this scene, amp only. <laughs> Amplifies that point. <laughs> Where two cars fuck. The coo- the the car genitals are so like gnarly and like kind of like Lovecrafty. I don't know why. There's like a real like. Sorry to use another literary reference. <laughs> I've never heard that name. <laughs> shut, shut up, Marcus. I I I did hear before watching the cons cut that there are scenes that are. Like previs, the visual effects weren't completed, but 
I'm so thankful that in this cut, the car fucking scene is completed. It's intact. It is. It is like the linchpin for the entire movie for me. I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching two cars fuck in like high quality <laughs> yes. Blu-ray. <laughs> Like, my grandparents couldn't have pictured a, a motion picture looking this crisp when they came uh, here on a fucking boat to this country. They could not have pictured this moment, me watching these cars fuck. I should, I should uh, intersplice the cars fucking into uh, the Babylon ending. So what I should do after this. <laughs> <laughs> it fits. It fits. <laughs> I just, I just got where you meant to put it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, do please do that. Mighty soul. Or Maria soul. There really was like a vibe in like 2020, like LA that also really felt like Southland Tales just because like, that like summer like where we were all like stuck inside and like there were so there were protests like every day it was so fucking hot the power kept going out because like everybody had their air conditioning on um it really did feel like the world was like about to end in los angeles that summer it was pretty (laughs) crazy Yeah, Marcus. When when did we start the show? Was it in was it twenty twenty or or like early twenty twenty one? May twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'm gonna up on the two year anniversary, and we're we're gonna go all out for that. Feels like this show is indirectly spawned from the uh, trauma we all face in twenty twenty. Because yeah, it really is when a lot of, a lot of art a lot of art got made off of this pandemic. Oh, this one's a a cons cut scene, not seen in the not seen in the theatrical cut. I I don't know. I like that scene. Yeah, it's I love all the like Trier stuff, like all the weird like <laughs> elite like rich tech wizard shit. Like I just want all of it. I want so much more of it. I also um, decided today that I really, I'm, I'm at least for myself, I'm gonna make like bootleg um, yeah. Krista now merch just because like the logo is incredible, like her her like weird like graphic. It's oh my gosh, it's so vaporwave and hot. Yeah, Marcus, we we uh, Marcus and I went on a hunt for Southland Tales memorabilia. Uh, yeah, right, Marcus, and uh, it, did we end up finding? Like copies of 
cock chuggers. We found the energy drink cans. Mm-hmm. We found cock chuggers too. Um, the prop. Yeah, I mean, we found the 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 box that Kevin Smith has the like big lockbox thing. I think that's available to buy on eBay for like three hundred bucks. Yeah, fortunately, we don't have any of this on hand, but yeah, I, I, th- yeah. I think we should come together, Marcus, and buy one of these things. So there's the, there's the lipstick I was talking about on the little straw. Another sheriff Terry on stage cutting off his thumb. <laughs> what, what a fun night that would have been to be in UCB that night. That's I, I, that was. I, I'd give anything to see more of those comedies fucking scenes (laughs) there has to be more too because it it looks like they shot with like everybody and I'm just now catching that that's why he has his hand wrapped up because he cut his thumb off it's like like, Jesus Christ again two years into this show and I'm now just connecting the dots I feel like an idiot well if if you know, if we had the first three parts, um, making this movie probably six and a half hours long, um, we would know that this character, it was like basically like at like a party or something. Yeah. It was like a fundraiser for the neo-Marxists. Like, and, and like everybody was like cheering him on and stuff while they did it. And again, I have read the and graphic novel. What do they novel. do with those thumbs, Marcelo? Well, I know I've seen the movie, and they just show the scene where they they collect the thumbs so they can have these, uh, uh, so they can vote illegally in the election in November. I get that part, but I, I I read the graphic novel for this show like what a year and a half ago, but a lot of that just evaporated in my mind. I should just go ahead and buy a copy of the graphic novel because last time. We talked about it, and when I read it, I just read like a PDF. So I, I kind of now want that physical book. I, I can send you those a... uh, links. Hold on. Yeah, send they, me the link. They, I think they they have like signed copies online still. That's what I ended up getting. I just bought one of those as well, Vera. I'm excited for it. Oh, it's worth every penny. I like. I'm probably gonna read it. Like again and again, like I, I, I don't know. It's so weird because it's just like, like of course you don't remember what you read in it because like it's so much just like plot and like, it's it's like what this movie is. There's just like so much story happening, which is crazy because it's also like all the characters feel so fully developed and rich. It's so, I don't know. I love Southland Tales. <laughs> we love this movie. She rollerblades by. Thank you, Marcus, for sending me all can. those links. It, it was one thing I had to copy. You you want either one of the top two? If you're willing to spend the extra yeah. money for the for the so, hardcover one, go for it. Uh, I I feel like I did this on another on another show where I was peer pressured. We were all peer pressured on another <laughs> series to like buy the Werner Herzog Blu-ray collection. <laughs> and now I feel like, you know what? It's not that you guys are peer pressuring me. I just feel like, you know what? 
on this special occasion, the season premiere of this show, I'm going to spend this money on this hardcover prequel saga limited edition book. Add to cart. Let's see what happens. You made the right call. Yeah. It's it's cuz I went through the same thing. I was like, can I justify spending this? I just finished an illegal Joker movie. And, <laughs> sorry, legal Joker movie, and I cannot. And I, I do I deserve this because I haven't like worked or earned money in years at this point. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the answer was yes, completely. Such a great graphic novel. Right, so I'm just making sure. So I have the, let's see, signed and numbered by Kelly and Weddell. I'm assuming that's the artist. Yeah, I'm getting this. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I normally don't like buying things with signatures on them. Like, it, it normally doesn't really... I don't, like, feel anything, you know? But for mm-hmm. some reason, having Richard Kelly's signature, I was like, yeah, I need this. <laughs> <clears throat> You have one of these, right, Marcus? Uh, the hardcover one? The signed one? Sorry, what, what 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 do I have? You have one of these signed copies, right? I I not yet. It's on the way. Oh, okay. I, I gotcha. just purchased it recently. I have the soft cover one. I bought that one like when we first started this. Gotcha. Oh. Janine Garofalo. Yeah, her Almost entirely like, absent yes, from the theatrical. in this movie. And you know what? I still don't fully understand her deal or Kevin Smith's deal. <laughs> I, I, I know they ran the tests in um, Iraq or wherever they were. Uh, testing fluid karma on the soldiers. I... Whatever section of the movie this would be, this would require a lot of research. We're in chapter six. So in chapter six, we'll talk a lot about these two. Mm-hmm. It was around this time that I had to check out um, and get ready for this recording. So, yeah, uh, it it seems like they're just connective tissue for the military... I guess the, the, the fact that the military is so entrenched in this whole conspiracy is what I gathered from her character, which I don't think you necessarily need. I think you get that point across without Garofalo's character in the theatrical cut. Eh. I think what it, I what it does for me is it like, it makes it it just clears up some of the motivation a little bit as to why like i don't know like why essentially like the good guys win at the end cuz without it to me it, it always just seemed like so wait like the baron is like basically just pulling the strings of everything like that's it but like with with more of the like garofalo and like Simon theory stuff like I think it like kind of clears it up that like no it was actually like the military like 
rebelling and like essentially committing like political assassination yeah (laughs) Um, like to me that's it's such like a but i mean yeah i guess i guess you still kind of get it in the this could just be like because i've had a crush on janine garofalo since i was literally like six years old (laughs) yeah same with me for the longest time and then she hasn't been in much lately, which is a shame. Yeah. I'm going to guess the crush with Jeanine Garofalo started with all of us with mystery men. Oh, <laughs> of course. I yeah. unfortunately have not seen that movie yet. <clears throat> it's been in my cart to buy for Whoa. the longest time. Oh, Marcella. I know. It's, it's a huge blind spot for me. You're in for a treat. Yeah. I'm trying to think when my whole... mind started. Oh, go ahead, Vera. This scene, this is this this is the extended version of this scene. And oh it is yes, so much better. <laughs> oh yes, I I hundred uh, percent agree. classic line you the want to fuck or cut, watch a movie the theatrical cut kind of leaves it open to what they're going to do i think right and then this yeah. this cut specifically makes it clear uh that he is all angry and depressed and <laughs> and, the, and the fact that timberlake says it it's like <laughs> yeah uh, this, look men will not understand this. why zora did not love him it's so, he, it's he wanted so to die. Somber <laughs> and funny and sad and it's so good. <laughs> he wanted to die. He wanted to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I don't. I don't know how much changes with this scene between the theatrical and the con cut. I'm going to guess not that much, but I, I think this might be my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, this one here with the the meeting of uh, the, Kristen Allen. It's, it's, it's got everything I love about the movie. It's got this weird, like, tone that doesn't show up anywhere else where they're, like, doing a riff on kind of like a soap opera. Um, and it it's, like, funny and emotionally engaging at the same time that... And I never actually really found it funny on this rewatch. I found, I started to find it extra funny. Um, every, I don't know. It, it, it has a completely different tone than the rest of the movie. I think And the rain, the exaggerated rain really adds to it. The, the like mood of the night. Unlike Mandy Moore is just going like, full David Lynch acting (laughs) just crazy over the top great line delivery coming up here from The Rock a couple of them her drink tastes really really good that's great (laughs) and then can I see the cocktails (laughs) it's so good He's so just like st- 
he's like completely it's like he's got a new brain <laughs> yeah that's what i like about his character he's just so dumb he's just like a vessel <laughs> And just like following his dick and like drinking Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, there's great delivery from Michelle Geller too. Am I in that movie? He's e- easy to overlook, but I love I love Holmes Osborne too so much in this movie. <laughs> the lightning hit the lightning hitting it right after that moment. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It really is like it's like Twin Peaks. It's like Twin Peaks season this, two. <laughs> yeah, add the add the Laura's theme or whatever under this, and <laughs> it, it totally fits. <laughs> All right, I will. I do that after after I do Marcella, the Babylon two thing. editing projects right, for you. Yeah, I do it. <laughs> the, the the dog was in a theatrical cut, right? Larkett's dog. Of course he was. I mean, he's there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the dog is more seen in the cons cut, or maybe I just paid attention to the dog more this time around. I love the dog. Adorable dog. Yeah. <laughs> She's got the grapes to feed. <laughs> <laughs> I never really noticed that. Lightning, more thunder, <laughs> more, more, more thunder. Like, like Brant. Who the hell is Brant? Like, I know he's been there, but like, he's so like this nothing character. I do think Brant has more lines in this cut. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he he has like a presence in the graphic novels too. He's a little bit more. Does he? I think so. I think they actually just say that they're like having an affair. I I I a thing I appreciate about the con cut especially uh, it just said music cue to Muses Blackout where I think they let them they let things breathe a little more with the extra time and like they play more of the music that I think adds so much <laughs> slip there. Ah, she's so great. Um, yeah, it's just it's you, it's it you, breathes. You get to hear. It just breathes a lot more, and yeah. But like, especially this song gets like a full shining moment. Um, I, I don't know why the hell they do this. They bring up a car for him to leave, even though they just got him back. And he takes, it's not like he steals a car or anything. They, they just bring it up to him and say, hey, you can go. <laughs> uh, and uh, and my, uh, one of my favorite shots of the movie comes with it. And it's one that's severely cut down in the theatrical. But I think the extension 
is so good. Oh, yeah, she's holding out well, one of those balls, Marcus. The bocce balls. The bocce ball. <laughs> A mystery yeah, we here, saw those balls, last season. Those glowing balls. Those glowing balls. They are Todd Berger, the guy who got ran over earlier and had his thumb cut off. Um, and is now a director in his own right. He directed uh, It's a Disaster, which is uh, a good, good movie. Um, <clears throat> um, that This shot is what I was talking about. That's going yeah, creaming down so the hill. Great. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Directly out of Kiss Me Deadly. Yeah, Kiss Me Deadly. By the way. I, th- I think he's driving the same car, maybe, or something similar. Yeah. From Kiss Me Deadly. Very, very similar, at least. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, Marcus. So good. The, the yeah, those ball. balls. Richard <laughs> Richard Kelly was drunk at a party at Todd Berger's house, and Todd Berger had these glowing bocce balls, and Richard Kelly loves loved them so much that he put them into the movie. And like that's what <laughs> she's holding there. And they have some plot relevance. There's supposed to be like uh, energy converters or something to like extend the Wi-Fi signal of the fluid karma machines. Uh, I, I I don't know, but Marcel and I like to think them think of them as breadcrumb trails that uh, Boxer is following. Well, we thought they had more significance uh, or the we thought the significance um, the idea of it was uh, I guess deeper than model on the desk Kelly just being drunk at a party and going I'm gonna put that in my movie but yeah either I want to get a close-up on that model I think it's mo- probably it's- just how most good ideas start exactly yeah yeah it's like hey that looked cool and then you put it in the movie and find a reason for it to be there yeah yeah, it's the it's the Wi-Fi ball. <laughs> it's it's gonna it's fluid karma. <laughs> but see, I, I think that's the beauty of this movie. It's like some of these some of the aspects of this movie I try to maybe mystify in my head or maybe give more credence or maybe put it on a pedestal. But really, some of these thoughts are just like, eh, that looks cool, let's do that. Which is awesome. Like I, I love that too. She's actually working on her documentary here. The documentary that she brings up. Oh my god! Oh, you just caught that, Marcus? Yeah, an, an endless trove of, of discoveries about this movie to find. Uh, watching it with no sound is forcing me to take it in more visually and. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I noticed she has a Uncle Sam bobblehead on her desk. All right, are we coming up on the on the scene? The fire arcade. So. I think we are. <laughs> the scene of the movie. The sequence. It's the sequence that if you watch it once and you're like, you know, kind of like, you know, up until this point, you're just like, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> what am I watching? You get to this sequence 
and then you are like, okay, I still don't know what I'm watching, but I, I, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to stick with this and revisit it. I only wish there were more musical numbers. Yeah. Have the whole cast come out to sing Tender at the end by Blur. I know we did research for this segment. And now I can't remember if... Marcus, maybe you remember. Maybe Kelly said something about wanting more musical sequences. Maybe I'm making that up. But... I don't know. I don't know. I gotta look at my notes. I feel like he said maybe... I don't know. I wonder, like, how much he had written. Like, I feel like he was still working on the script and expanding it and stuff as he was shooting. So he definitely was was an idea he had early on in regards to Timberlake's character, because originally he was supposed to like they had him for exactly one day and then like he loved him so much. He like wrote him a much bigger part. I'd like to be the whole narrator of the movie or whatever. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe if he had more time with Timberlake, maybe there could have been maybe more of this sort of thing. Who knows? Do you imagine this going out to the whole song? And it's not needed. It's definitely not needed, but like, I would love it. There, the in the graphic novel, he like listens to the. He's like listening to the song. Yeah, I think I remember that. They, yeah, like, go in and when he gets the, the shrapnel in his face. There's actual plot relevance to the song that you're only going to get if you read the graphic novel. Go read the graphic novel. Available at graffitidesigns.com and only there. Do not buy it anywhere else. You're you're getting scammed. (laughs) People like to upcharge the shit out of this. Yeah, because when we first were looking it up, Marcus, weren't people selling copies of it for like $500 or something? Yes, uh, they are. And uh, maybe we could make a a racket that way. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, there's just like directly from the publisher you can buy it. It's it's hard to find. Here's the sequence. We all love it. Our friend uh Tara, previous guest of the show, she uh she said that she watched this like as a kid or whatever, as like the music video to this song and assumed it just was the music video to this song until she watched the movie because of us. See, and for me, this works so well because Tim Blake doesn't really do much. He just walks around, drinks. And I guess as an audience, we expect him to, like, to dance, do something. But no, he's just 
playing it cool. He's, Everybody else is dancing around him. I, I love that. Yeah, he's playing it cool, and then it becomes kind of pathetic at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, like, drunk and sad and, like, so traumatized. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, it really is, like, it's just it's just such an interesting way to, like, show a psychedelic drug trip and pretty, like, spot on in many ways. Though I, w- I wish I could do fluid karma. I don't know yeah. how I would feel about, like, injecting <laughs> it into my neck, but, like, I'd love to be doing that, like, psychic psychedelic shit these dancers are so cool Huh. Is he is he levitating just a bit, or is the camera just moving where it looks like he's levitating? I just caught that for the first time. Hmm. Never. It's never been something I've uh, noticed or anything. Oh man, yeah, you're right. I think they're going down. Right. Okay. It just looks like he's going up, and the camera's yeah. moving down a little bit too. It looked almost like a. <clears throat> one of those um, Spike Lee shots. It's like a character is like standing still in the. Oh yeah. You know? Like uh, Girl Six. Right. Or um, uh, he does that in he does that thing in almost every movie. Inside Man. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. I said Girl Six. I guess that's like just because like that's really the only one. <laughs> this movies that I really really like. Oh. And I said, "Inside Man." I gotta man, like give him another. One. I gotta. Die, I gotta really like give him another. Like look, I tried in film school and never could get into him. Yeah, I I love the movies I've seen of his. I've just haven't seen all his movies. I need to see more. He has a lot. He has a lot. But yeah, yeah. I, I I tend to like him. I I tend to enjoy him. Because uh, like uh, I saw Crooklyn like a year ago uh, for the first time in a theater, like on 35 millimeter. And I was just like, holy shit, this movie's amazing. So I, I do need to stick out more. Like here in town, they're playing bamboozled later this month. And I got to see that in the theater. I've never seen it. Crypto.com arena. <laughs> Crypto.com arena. <laughs> How long is that going to last? Oh, it's still named that, right? It's, it's that's the name. That's 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 why it is, yeah, but yeah. Still... it can't be that long. It really can't be. How is it Staples for so long? What relevancy did Staples have? I don't know the ins and outs, but I'm guessing it was just a, a decades-long contract that they had to they had to do. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Nice little set design bit I like here is that uh, that doll with a giant dodo through the through its mouth looks like like, like penetrating yeah it's just a suggestion yeah 
There's a Donnie Darko in the background. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The posters, yeah. Yeah, it's a production logo. Uh, is it Darko Entertainment? Something like that. Did you guys watch S. Darko yet? <laughs> well, we will. It's on the, the docket. Marcelo is strongly against it. We're going to yeah, do it's it. It's not that I'm against it. It's just that I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> How could you be? I'll watch it. I'll watch it. <laughs> Have you seen it, Vera? Yeah, I, I definitely saw it. Like, I remember seeing it, but I don't remember a, a thing about it. I just remember it being very hard to finish, but I, I really wanted to. He's he's working because that was made without any involvement from him, and he's completely like he hates it, and uh, he is working. I don't know who who know who knows where he is with his projects, but he's supposed supposedly working on a true sequel to Donnie Darko. He's supposedly working on the prequel to this. Uh, he's making a Rod Serling biopic the. The last movie that would have gotten made, unfortunately, Jesus Christ, uh, did not get to be made because of uh, James Gandolfini's passing. He was making a crime film starring James Gandolfini. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah. That would have been incredible. God. Yeah. But yeah, he's working on Donnie Darko 2. I would not be surprised if that is the thing that ultimately gets made excited. I, I feel like yeah, there's I, some cultural relevancy that that movie holds still. I feel like he, he probably, yeah, that seems like the most likely thing. Yeah, there, and I'm sure it would that, be, I'm oh, sure sorry. I would enjoy it. Like, I'm sure it would right. be really fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't even see how you approach that. But if, if he if he has found a way, like that's awesome. But there was some story of uh, him showing like a very rough draft of the script to James Cameron, and James Cameron <laughs> encouraging him to keep working on it because he thought it was so good. What the script needs oh. is Navi, is what he told him. <laughs> I'm sure whatever notes James Cameron gave him were really dumb. <laughs> Can they be blue? He was probably he'd just gotten off of his fucking dirt bike, ripping a <laughs> taking a bong rip. <laughs> Honestly, I, I would be excited if I mean the, the legacy sequels are popping up everywhere, so why not do a Donnie Darko? Somehow bring back Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm sure he'd be game. Yeah, like as long as Richard Kelly's involved, I would I'd be way into it. Yeah. I definitely will not see like another um like S Darko type movie. Although maybe I will give S Darko a rewatch. The next time I have to do like visual effects for a really extended period of time, I really like yeah. putting on like either like movies I can kind of ignore or like movies I can kind of just like 
zone out to or like really just just despicable shit like um like club random with bill maher is a big one for me <laughs> yeah okay uh do you do do you do that to make yourself angry so you can like put that into your work <laughs> do you feel like you do that <laughs> i don't know i don't know why you know like i've brought it up in therapy and and every you know like it's it's i don't know why i do that to myself but it's something i've done since college like i would watch just like i really like watching like just horrible men (laughs) say just uh every bad thing like it's it's so shocking and despicable and there's something about hating him that feels really good to me there's something about and like that show specifically like club random like i don't know like the set is incredible like it it looks like an on cinema set like it looks like the set from the season of on cinema i directed i'll say it <laughs> it looks like bill maher ripped off my set from season 12 of on cinema. <laughs> and so that part of it too like it just um it's just a whole it's such an aesthetic nightmare i almost like watch it like how some people would watch like cannibal holocaust or like faces of death or something yeah i i sort of understand that because like like in our art classes oh boy in our art classes in elementary and middle school and high school i i I lived in a, a very very small town it was k through 12 the entire school like 200 kids or something and uh, um, does he, is he does he going to do the line? Is he going to do the line I love so much? I don't know. There's a line there where he's drinking from the six packs, and he just says, "This is great." I think that might just be in the theatrical, but um. Yeah, in our art school, uh, our teacher, she was really into Rush Limbaugh, and she'd play, we would be listening to Rush Limbaugh as we're doing our art projects. Jesus Christ. And like, yeah, it's a fucked up thing to expose children to. But <laughs> it didn't stick with me, obviously, but like, I I, I get it. I, I get, I, I, I oddly get the... The, the impulse to do that. I definitely don't condone what she did. <laughs> I don't, I will not, I will not like, I'm not like going to go teach a bunch of children, uh, like how to edit and like do visual effects and put on club random. <laughs> for them. To, <laughs> that's fucked up. My art teacher, I had an art teacher in I guess it was like middle school who was like a pretty normal guy but like he would he would he would like clearly just like probably smoked a lot of weed or something but he would always pronounce shapes like shapes and it wasn't really (laughs) quite a joke (laughs) it was just something he did all the fucking time and it was it was I don't know, kind of, I guess, just, like, the ultimate power move to do as, like, an art teacher. I don't know. Our, our fucking, another art teacher of ours, he he insisted, he absolutely insisted 
you do not say purple, you say violet. And, uh, first, like, not that this would ever come up in an art class, but he was also pissed off about, um, aluminum. You're supposed like, you had to say aluminium and he would bring that up like once a week at least. <laughs> like, I, I, annoying guy. But he was American, right? Uh, yeah. Because I know aluminium is like the, the English, the, 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 the UK pronunciation. It's weird. Yep. Uh, we're the only place in the world that call, that pronounces it aluminum. You pronounce it aluminium. We're the only place that calls it purple. You say violet. I just want to be like, well, do you spell color with a U? Because <laughs> he didn't. Are we actually the only place in the world that calls it, calls it purple? That can't be that cannot be can't be true i mean maybe it was but i don't know coming up another great moment here she wants to suck his dick can you make uh, another third edit marcelo can you make the edit where that actually happens and she doesn't just die you want me to make an edit where she sucks his dick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, learn deep fake okay. technology. <laughs> Break federal law. <laughs> we'll do. It's so it's so I don't know. I'm not going to f- even ask cuz I okay. Uh I don't know if this is interesting or not, but uh, who knows? With it doesn't have to be graphic. They can just like uh, walk away. How about that? I just Googled. Go to the shutters he was talking about. I Googled United States purple. Um, just to maybe find some information on this. And what I got was the purple state. Uh, which means it's a traditional U.S. electoral map that not only illustrates polarization, um, but except exacerbates it okay i say all this because one of the images is the southland tales map the the logo of southland tales which is very weird oh didn't we find out what that was yeah so that's not a thing they made for this no no no, yeah like through through our research early on i found out that 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 map of the united states that's like all like psychedelic it's like a mix of blue and red that's a political map from a website from like the 2000 election. And yeah, that's where Richard Kelly got it. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. And that map just came up again when I just typed in United States purple. Huh. Is this part of the movie shot? Oh yeah, because they're oh yeah, see the camera guy. We're looking through that like this is probably being shot for her web series or whatever, her TV show, her TV show. The poop deck. We found out that place closed. Yeah, rest in peace, poop deck. Yeah, I've definitely been there. I definitely went there once or twice. That's so cool. Like the, <laughs> the idea that you've been to anywhere that's in this movie, it it kills me. I, I, of all the things that are set in L.A., movie stuff from this movie is what I'd be most excited to see. So yeah, 
against Southland Tales Tour. That's a that's a million dollar idea right there. It's so it'd be such like a grimy tour. Like it's so I mean I guess there's like the mansion and stuff. Could fold some of the Kiss Me Deadly tour into it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god, I love this. Sherry O'Terry spinning that baton around, hitting the chair. <laughs> Kicks ass. <It> Kicks ass. <laughs> I don't understand why these guys are just like immediately like, all right, fine, we'll we'll, we'll protect you. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> I guess everybody's just going crazy because the earth is spinning faster. Yeah. yeah, slowly. yeah. Yep. There you go. You got it. He answered her question. There's some <sighs> I remember specific. This is so nothing. Why am I talking? <laughs> the, the, that's that's a commentary for you. Why am I talking? There's a uh, like there's branded alcohol all over the place in this movie. Red Stripe, Bud Light, Michelob, whatever. And yet, like on those tables there where John Lovitz got shot, that's where they put in the the like movie beer that you're supposed to buy as a prop. Oh. I, just, I, always, I find that so interesting why they even bothered when they have like an actual statue of Captain Morgan like on the same beach <laughs> just a few shots before <sighs> I don't know I don't know how Hollywood works Vera I have no clue <laughs> no, I don't know My- <laughs> asking the wrong asking the wrong person here ask me Marcus uh, how's Hollywood work, Marcelo? Okay, I'm going. I'm going to assume maybe he didn't have clearance rights yet for those beers that you mentioned earlier, like Michelob, Red Stripe. So in the beginning of production, he may have said, "You know what? Let's do some fake beers because uh, you know we haven't got clearance yet." And then halfway through halfway through production, he goes, "Hey, we have clearance. Let's use these real beers." That's my thought. Question number four for us to ask Richard Kelly. I guess. Oh, what was yeah, because there might be like there might be a story behind that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I know, don't like, know. He, if this is re- I, I'm pretty sure there. he had some like rhyme or reason to like why certain characters drink certain beers. I I think I think that I read some quote that was like a specific character choice. That's cool. I mean, I mean, The Rock just has to be like a, just because of his wrestling persona, like Bud Light, like. <clears throat> that is absolutely what he'd be drinking. Oh, my favorite story, Marcus, is uh, that shot of that uh, the guy with the mohawk, red mohawk, vomiting. There you go. Yeah. Talk about it. Uh, well, you, you, you're the one who told me the story, but it wasn't that like actual footage that they caught and then Kelly just hired the guy just to be in the movie after that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Amazing. that's what I feel like I read that yeah the guy with the mohawk there he was just a guy on the beach throwing up <laughs> and yeah they had, they had captured it and then he adds another layer to it where Nana Mae Frost in the office she's not just uh, repulsed by the vomiting or whatever she's also having some sort of pro- oh and the fucking guy the guy uh, well he disappeared for the shot didn't he or he's in the white shirt he's in the white shirt um, he was like mayor or something. 
Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Venice Beach. He, he oh, the mayor something. of Venice he, Beach. He's like a mayor or something. He, he's something. Uh, whatever. He's some <laughs> he's political something. guy that everybody hates. Um, uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't we, we've oh, been yeah, doing the show Miranda, for two years. Uh, Miranda Richardson. She's having some sort of like premonition of like feeling her own death or whatever. And that's her revulsion. It's not just seeing some guy throw up. <clears throat> Wait a second. What? Wait, wait, wait. Say that part again. Uh, yeah, when she watches him throw up on the on the uh, screen in her office, and she kind of looks uh, grossed out by it. Uh, she's a grossed out by the vomit, and she's also b getting some sort of like premonition of her own death, and ultimately that guy is the one that kills her. But this is what Richard Kelly said on the commentary, right? This is what Richard Kelly says in interviews, okay. like for that that really big AV Club interview. I believe it's sitting there. All right, if he said it, maybe I'll ch- I'll check that out after this. I remember, oh, like in the right commentary now. track, him talking a lot about fluid karma and just like how it's just so much more present in the movie than like we actually even realize just because of like all the like mm-hmm. the fog scenes and stuff and <clears throat> also just like how it works like it, it like has to do with like synchronicities and coincidences and stuff like it, if you do it like it's like why uh when like Ronald <laughs> or Roland or whatever his name is falls off the roof like he falls right into the dumpster because he's got this like fluid karma like luck attached to him or something and the fact that Ronald and Roland um, intersect like when one of them is dragging the ATM and the other one's in the ice cream truck coincidence? no it's fluid karma that makes sense I I mean yeah that's like fluid karma gives you like it it, it 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 one side effect is it gives you like brain meld with other people who are also on fluid karma at the same time and like boxer and that like that's their connection that's like why they had the same dream earlier right uh, I, 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 this seems very romantic to me I think it's really It's her kind of realizing that like it's not really her husband even like there's this whole element to it where it's like he's this weird like doppelganger dude like her actual husband's toast and there's a, there's this intimacy here that really works too I wonder where those big paintings are, because I think that's like actual art from the that they use in the graphic novels. Yes, those paintings still exist somewhere. Yeah, that uh, American flag. Yeah, it's not the same person. She realizes that, but she's still they're still attracted to each other. It's. it's Romantic, I say. You're romantic at heart, right, Marcus? Oh, oh yes. 
I'm a regular Don Juan. Mm -hmm. Here we go. The final act. The blimp. Chekhov's Mega Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> This shot, I don't know how they pulled this off. This must have been a lot of their budget. Um, oh, this like big, uh, what you call it? Like a That's tracking shot, shot, sweeping shot. Yeah. Tracking I think it's know. like, it's got to be mostly 3D until you get to that like sweep past the, the lights on the roof there. Mm-hmm. And my guess is maybe the the uh, overhead shot at the stable center maybe could have been just stock footage. Because I know there's yeah, a lot of stock footage at the end of the movie, too. It's not that I know, I'm guessing. It just feels like it's stock footage. Not that that's a bad thing. Farewell, one and only beloved. I cannot write anymore or my head will be all in a whirl. This was like an actual... Oh, that's right. Yeah, talk about it, Marcus. This was an actual uh, letter written from Karl Marx's wife to him when he was like away somewhere. Vera, how often do you watch this movie or think about it? How often? Yeah, like there. Yeah. I, I maybe even once a day. <laughs> really? How often do you think about it? I, 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 yeah. So we last had you on in September, February now. That was September. Might have been. It was, yeah. I think late August, early uh, well, September. Oh, no, around, we probably recorded it ahead of time. So it would have been, yeah, it probably was October or something that we recorded it. <laughs> so we recorded it out of, out of order. We had you and then we recorded it. Oh, that's later. right. I forget that. Yeah, because we had those last three episodes and we recorded your episode, uh, Vera's, uh, first. And then two more after that? Yeah, that was... Why, why did we do that? I think it was just <laughs> <laughs> to accommodate our illustrious guests. That's 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 right. But as an editor, I'm like Jesus. Just I, I I'm not going to go on a tangent. But like I understand why podcasts need to record out of order. But it just I'm like yeah. this this guy that that guy right there doing that very intense stare. I can't go into why, but I feel like he's supposed to be a larger part of the movie. Or at least a player in the movie. And like that's because I always have noticed him. Every single time I watch this, I always stare at that guy because he has such an intense brooding thing about him. I miss the guy you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's, it's gone now. It's fine. Forever. 
Oh, He's been edited so out of the movie. So fucking gross. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what else do we know by Ling from? Crash? Or not Crash. Uh, <gasps> crank. Crank. Crash. Crash. <sighs> crank. I'm looking through filmography. Have right you seen now. Kiss Me Deadly, Vera? Kiss Me Deadly. Vera? What'd you say? Uh, have you seen Kiss Me Deadly? Uh, in, I, I think in film school. I'm definitely overdue for a watch. Yeah, Marcus and I watched it, and I know I wasn't as uh, enthralled by it as maybe Marcus was. I mean, Marcus, you, you liked it more than me, right? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really did. <clears throat> I know did it's where, like yeah. I would only say this like two hours into a podcast <laughs> about <laughs> Southland Tales, <laughs> but <laughs> I I actually really do have a tough time with some black and white movies. Like I get really yeah. kind of sleepy. Like, fair. and it's it's not like a boredom thing. It really is like a comfort thing. I think I like kind of destroyed my brain in a way. To where, like, I just, it, it, like, lulls me to sleep. I know for me, it's very hard. Like a racer head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I was, was going to agree with you on the fact that with some movies, watching them at home for me is tough. That's why I like going out to see movies. Because maybe if I watch Kiss Me Deadly in a theater, I'd be more focused on it. Maybe I'd like it more. But seeing it at home, I don't know. If I tend to see a movie at home for the first time, I may not like it as much or may not focus as much as I should. But that's just me, though. No, I'm kind of the same. But, like, I've gotten... I think I've gotten better... I have a huge TV. Um, and that, that really helps. But, yeah. I need to go to a theater... This this effect with Sean William Scott holding his hand up and it's glowing, it's so good. It, is it, it? Love it. Am I wrong to say that it looks different in, in the theatrical cut, or am I just losing my it, mind? You're right. I'm right. You're, you're correct. Yes. Like this finally. this movie was like <laughs> the effects are it, it, different in this one. Yes. Yeah. They are. It's, and like they're very they're like I don't know they're they're like simpler. Yeah. And like more, I don't. I I almost want to say they're like they feel more elegant and like just more sophisticated. Like they, I mean, I guess he had a little bit of money to play with. So, and they're they're quote unquote unfinished. I, I I don't know if this is exactly the same film we're seeing that the con audience saw. It d- like, it definitely isn't. I I, it's not. I saw I I've seen that version. I've oh, seen like okay. a bootleg. Of of the actual con cut like um, a few years ago, and those effects are 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 they're just missing. It's like the same effects. It's similar mm-hmm. effects to the theatrical, but there's just a, a shit ton of it missing. Hmm. And I I think like he had a little bit like Arrow gave him a little bit of money to like remaster this, give it a better color grade. And I think finish some of those effects. Oh, gotcha. 
And I think the reason they're better is because, like, he really just... He probably didn't have a ton of time. So he was really efficient about it and, like, really smart about it. Like, all the stock footage... All these, like, crazy, like, stock footage comps and stuff. Like, it's pretty groundbreaking shit. Like, it's great. Could could you talk a little bit more about that? Like, how, how do you mean groundbreaking? Just, like, I don't know, the fact that you can take, like, a drone shot you buy on Pond 5 and add a Mega Zeppelin to it yeah. is is crazy. Like, that yeah. that didn't exist when, the when like, he premiered this at Con. Like, I mean, like, it did. You could do that, but, like, stock, like, stock footage is more accessible now, like... VFX is just easier to do. And like I do think like the way he uses effects in his movies are is just different and like more innovative than other directors of his of his generation specifically. Like, he clearly loves playing with, like, you know, weird glowing things. <laughs> and like, b- like water, t- watery tubes and yeah. shit. Like, like that shot with Kevin Smith. Just like, yeah, let's just have a, a bubbling water tube right behind him. Yeah. <laughs> I also forgot that we, Marcus, we need to also eventually get to the box because I haven't seen the box yet. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. I think we do do one. We do do this into twelve parts again, but I think we should watch the box first, so we All have right. some sort of. I I I think it's so weird how we have to keep talking around the box because I haven't seen it for ten years and you've never seen. <laughs> I've it. I've never seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Wow. <laughs> All right, Vera, we'll bring you back for the box episode <laughs> and the Estarco episode. I want to. I would need to watch because if I hate it, I will not want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I really have adopted the new policy of like, if I don't like a movie, I just keep it to myself. Like, unless if, like, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change that rule for myself if like something really bad and like worth commenting on changes. But like or comes out but like i i don't know like it's just making a movie is so hard and anytime i see something negative about my movie it hurts my feelings <laughs> and uh i just don't want to do that to anybody else yeah i i completely understand that uh me i'm not even gonna call myself a filmmaker but i did shoot short films i've i was a videographer for so many years and i get the pain of making a movie the behind the scenes stuff and uh, when I see a bad movie, I just well, except if it's the whale, I I tend not to really talk about it. <laughs> I, I just like just just gloss over it. Just everybody who likes it, go ahead, like it. I just want to keep out of it. So, yeah, yeah. I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do about the whale. If 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 I don't like, because I haven't seen the whale yet. Um, but the way people talk about it, I'm pretty certain I will not enjoy it. And I love Darren Aronofsky. Like, yeah, he's one of the best we have. But 
uh, it sounds so offensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as a very overweight person, I'm not looking forward to watching that movie. And again, I, I like Aronofsky. Mother was my favorite movie that uh, that year it came out. But like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, Mother, Mother got me so excited for like the next chapter of his career because like, I don't know. Mother was just so fucking insane. There's like right. no movie like that. Like where that yeah. it like really does kind of start in this like kind of grounded place. And then by the end of it, you're just in fucking hell. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. <laughs> it, it was just such a runaway train of a movie. Like, even though and this, yeah, this sounds so cruel. Yeah. Even though I didn't real. like love mother, uh, it made me write like a thousand words on it back when I was reviewing movies. So at least it's like interesting. So much of it is, and there's so much that I do like slash love about it, but I can't say the same about the whale. It just has very uh, little. I actually, the like. whale also is like adapted from a play. And like, I think of a Broadway play, like I saw dear Evan Hansen or whatever. And the, that film adaptation and like, I don't know what the fuck Broadway is because like it, it seems like the audiences that go to Broadway are completely different audiences that absorb any other type of art. And like there, maybe it's a novel idea to the average Broadway goer that like uh, fat people are humans <laughs> And that seems to be what the whale is to me. Like, that's like what it's saying. And like, that's, uh, that's not a very, uh, it's just a, I don't know, it's a bummer to think about. It's like, I don't know. It seems, it seems again, I haven't seen it, but like, it does just seem like toned up. It just seems like the only kind, like the kind of movie you really only can make if if you're like making a lot of money and you're not and you're only hanging out with like the worst of the worst in LA. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, and then like occasionally going to New York to like I guess see Broadway plays, but like it really kind of I don't know. I don't I don't want to like make a, a it it is it just seems very toned up. And like I honestly I love Brendan Fraser so much, which is why I'm going to see yeah. it. Like mm-hmm. he's, I think he's phenomenal, but like, I also don't, I hate this era of Brendan Fraser where he's like infantilized and everybody's like, I don't know. It's just so weird. Like hearing people, the way people talk about Brendan Fraser, like he's like, <laughs> like a big, like, like toddler or something yeah. that we should all be like proud of. And like, it's so condescending and it always, I don't know. Like, I don't put this lightly. It feels a touch ableist to me just because like, I think he just does. He's, I know he's like neurodivergent. And like, I think a lot of the, the ways people talk about him are like, because of his neurodivergent traits. It's like very troubling to me. Sorry. This no, is too much. listen, uh, uh, me and Marcus on the side, we host a, a, a weekly, show that that uh, that talks about the award season and we and i and i'm i'm doing it mostly just to torture marcus week to week <laughs> or at least like um uh, uh uh like try to drag this premise through oscar season um which i love and hate 
and the part I hate is especially how we uplift these uh, these stories of these people uh, far past of like what the actual performance is, and that is the case for Frazier. I love the guy, but it feels like it's just so icky, like you said, Vera. Like we're we're talking about like him, like he's like this not a real person. It's just the stories around him that are elevating him. Yeah, no, it's all icky, and I I just hate yeah that aspect of it. It's it's like yeah I don't know I I because I you know I love I love Los Angeles like I love working in my industry and stuff and it's really all I know how to do so like you know <laughs> kind of stuck um, but like it's I don't know like it it's it is just like it's such yeah movies are so fake there's like yeah. such a fake and like PR machines around movies like. I uh, I'm definitely not cynical about it now, but like just having gone through like premiering something at a big fancy film festival, it was like it's just you kind of see how this is all <laughs> just kind of fake. Yeah, it really is just like a weird matrix, and yeah. And you've speaking of awards, you've you're an Emmy nominated person right you, you were nominated for an emmy for uh this is america right yeah for for uh, or who is america yeah yeah sorry i no it's okay everybody think of all the meetings i've gone on and everybody's <laughs> always said like every single time it's fine um uh, yeah i got nominated for I, mean, I know it's editing for a comedy series or whatever so it's not like you've been through bigger that's not. That's definitely not the most, uh, uh, whatever award. But like award shows in particular, do they feel like extra? Because I saw like a you were like on the red carpet, so you like actually went to the show. Do you? I, I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> does does, Let me, does that so, feel like extra artificial? Being there. I guess like I I don't know I think for me the Emmys were so um, I had so much like just kind of like gender euphoria from looking like a pretty goth princess like on a red carpet (laughs) it was just like it was so ridiculous and like I I was in a limo before like you know we walked out and stuff I mean like I was with like my editing friends you know the people I worked on the show with so it was it kind of just felt like hanging out with my friends, but it really was this like cool whirlwind. And I don't know, like I can see how people get caught up in it. And the Emmys I went to were the creative arts Emmys. Um, So they were definitely like slightly less fancy than like, you know, the like Emmys that are even televised. Um, But like, so it kind of felt, it also kind of just felt like nice just to be like surrounded by like peers and stuff. Um, and like then occasionally see like just the weirdest celebrities. Like I just kept seeing RuPaul everywhere. (laughs) Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's all pretty phony and it's all, but it's, I don't know. Like I, I've wanted to be a filmmaker since I was like six and like, I do love just like, I buy into the Hollywood bullshit. Um, like I do, I, I really do love like the magic of it all. 
and I see the darkness and like the artifice too. And like, um, but yeah, depending on like the context, it's, it can be fun. Like my girlfriend and I love going to like crazy old Hollywood restaurants that like, you know, like (laughs) Sinatra would go to and stuff like (laughs) just two trans women walking into like Musso and Frank's on Hollywood Boulevard (laughs) is like, I don't know. It's so gimmicky. It's such a gimmicky place that it does. It's like in the worst part of Hollywood, that fucking like, (laughs) like just dumb old rich person restaurant. But you know, two trans women walking in there is pretty punk rock and cool. (laughs) That's awesome. I love this whole like back and forth with the two of them. Oh yeah. Where they're like acting like it's like fully like action movie. I guess it's cut a little bit differently in this one where it's, it's kind of broken up more. I do. Yeah. I do. But they also, I think you get more of it though. Like I, I think she kind of explains her whole deal more here than in the theatrical. And another great line delivery from The Rock. Pretty close to here. <laughs> I mean, all this is great, but it's, it's one line. God, he is so fucking good in this movie. I, I can't, I can't get over it. Everybody yeah, is. He's, Everybody is. He, he's like, um, I don't know. He's just really, he's acting his fucking balls off. He's just like, really, he's just doing, he's just like, it's the most he's ever acted. It feels like he's just pushing it. Yeah, so and hard. this is like his first major movie after the Scorpion King or whatever, after the mummy. How the fuck did he do this? Uh, we all know wrestlers are actors and like it, it but they don't make that transition as well as like, there's only a handful. There's like Roddy Piper and him and Batista and like maybe a few others. John Cena, John Cena. Yeah. He's kind of become like a reality star though. It's, 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 which is sad because I always liked him as an actor. He's doing weird stuff. Like I, I wish you see, well, you stupid bitch. Uh, the, the line delivery on that, and he just throws her away. Yeah. <laughs> we missed my favorite line, but it's okay. <laughs> Marcus, I don't want to correct you, but I'm going to correct you here. What's this? So, 2002, he did Scorpion King. Uh, two, 2003, he did The Rundown. 2004, he did Walking Tall. 2005, he did Be Cool and Doom. And then 2060, he did, he did so South Tales. This is his first movie. <laughs> did this after and, fucking doom yeah right after doom he does this but i think he works so well here because he's on the movie's wavelength like i remember watching like walking tall in the rundown he's like he is basically that persona like the rock from from wwe but here you can't he just something else you completely can't do this you can't just do this if you're not committed to it if you don't understand acting like there's no you can't fake your way into this performance i feel like it has to i mean i don't like really buy into like director auteur theory but like i do think like just him having like a really solid director and like you can just tell like they they probably did 
but he filmed he's in every fucking scene like he was probably shooting this movie for two months like he just really was in it like probably in a way that he doesn't really get to in in like huge budget action movies so it probably was pretty cool for him but he also probably does kind of hate this movie and not understand (laughs) it at all based off of what you've told me (laughs) (laughs) although i want to live in a timeline where he ends up in like a david lynch movie or something god we could get there yeah By the way, in 2006, he did Southland Tales and Gridiron Gang. That was, oh, the classic. Yeah. No, that's not the right gun. Get the right gun. Oh, I never noticed that shot. Pick up the huge fucking magnum. <laughs> Dirty hair, you go out there. Fire indiscriminately into the crowd. I wish I wish they had like just you. It was just headshot, head sh- like just you just see him killing cops. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> that's yeah, that's my Richard Kelly. If you're listening to this in the next cut, please. Yeah. Just one day on set, just shoot some cops' heads exploding. Yeah. Do the reverse just of uh, more the cops dead. Do the reverse of the ET. Yeah, we see it there. We see it there. Anniversary yeah, there cut and add more guns. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, add those like neon a- dildos from uh, the Venice Beach. <laughs> add those in yeah, those in the Alright, close encounters. Another thing I'll make an edit of. I'll make a note of that. I always forget that it just goes full fucking like yeah war in the streets. And it, it I, I've, I'm sure I've said this before, you know, analyzing this section of the movie, but, and we, we talked about, it, like, the fact that it's, like, so low of a budget for what it is to, to like, have this all-out warfare on the streets. It works. It doesn't feel small. But- no, it really doesn't. It's, like, it's, he, it's, like, an, it, it feels like an 80s movie or something. Right. Like, it's just, like... You know, like, they blocked off, like, a couple blocks, and, like, yeah, there's, like, 40 or 50 people max there. But that is, like, how many people would conceivably be out (laughs) in the middle, like, of this, you know. I could buy it. And I could buy that this guy's hand's glowing. Yeah. Oh, I, I, the... The glowing effects here and as they're rising, like they feel more striking in this cut. And I guess Vera, you explained it where he got a little bit more money, and like he he put it to use there. Clearly, like it 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 just looks. <sighs> this whole movie's that, a dream. This whole movie's a dream. That 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 like shot of the like top of the zeppelin makes like no logical sense (laughs) there's like water there's like fluid karma floating in this like it's so cool anyway is that what that is i'm wondering about that i have no idea it looks it i would assume i would assume anything watery is just alluding uh alluding to that and uh isn't this 
uh, smoke this fog supposed to be from the fluid karma? Because like, is isn't that? Yeah. That's why there was that uh, something. Something that gets it gets kicked up because of the fluid karma generators out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And there's something where it's killing all the sea life around. There's a lot. <laughs> this fucking interpretive dance. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I, love it. I think a little bit longer in this cut. Or you don't get you don't get it. Yeah, like it's only from here on in the theatrical. Will Sasso, a real life mayor, and some guy who threw up are shooting up a. <laughs> I, again, shooting up you bring up this mayor. You, uh, presumably. Dude, I swear to fucking God. <laughs> I believe you. I just want to know who the, who he was mayor of. Who What he was mayor of. I, I, if we didn't talk about it, I'd be amazed. I'm going to type in Southland Tales mayor. Anybody can be a mayor. You know, like, even a, even a guy who kind of looks like that. <laughs> I buy that that guy's a mayor. Ah, uh, yes. So it says here, filmed in 2005 by Richard Kelly, scenes include poop deck inner, uh, da, 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 and former mayor Robert Benz. Let's look to see. Oh my god! Yeah, what, what, what do you got? I got, got, I got pictures. Own? I got pictures. I'm gonna put them in the chat. All right. So here is the mayor. We're all talking about. Hermonus, uh, sorry, Hermosa Beach mayor, former mayor. Living it yeah, up. that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> like this is this is th- like that's yeah that's the kind of people are that are politicians in California. <laughs> 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 Pretty spot on. Kelly, you genius. It had to be this way. Yeah, and I, of course, like, I'm, I'm making another connection here. Of course, everybody's acting so weird. The synchronized dancing is happening. Mandy Moore's going to join now. I mean, everybody's being affected by the fluid karma now. It's, it's, uh, they're all just guiding through the, uh, the end here. I wonder if if he's like Christian, The Rock. What? Because it's uh, no, well, I'm I'm assuming he is, but but Richard Kelly. <laughs> oh, Richard the, Kelly. Like, 
or like what his his like relationship is with like the book of revelations and stuff because it's just like i don't know i don't know what the box is about but like Mm -hmm. he has two movies about the end of the world it's just very interesting marcus have we done research on that about what well i I mean yeah the i mean donnie darko's it takes place in a catholic school right Right. that's what donnie darko goes donnie goes to and like he was definitely raised in that world i i I, kelly it seems like he's a smart enough person to like kind of challenge those ideas like i get i feel that through both die darko and this um i don't don't know i really don't know we'll ask we'll ask we'll ask him (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Do you Ask him God? just the most personal questions <laughs> you can. <laughs> Do you believe in God? I typed in Richard Kelly religion, and the first article that pops up is from The Atlantic. It says, How Denny Darko Captures the Spirit of Lent. Whoa. It says here Kelly did grow up Methodist. Methodist. Mm hmm. <laughs> and I, I will say watching I, I, I'm sure the three of us have talked about the ending on the episode where we talked about the ending and I may have said before how I personally felt the ending was more of a downer but for whatever reason watching the theatrical cut uh, all of it earlier today I found it a lot more hopeful than what I originally thought. I find it pretty uplifting, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. I take it more metaphorically, I guess. Yeah, it definitely, it, it definitely reads as like a happy ending to me. I get the, I, I, I nearly cried on the last episode describing it. <laughs> I get the right. uh, learning to love yourself, learning to get over your past traumas to, to, uh, I'm not, I'm not thinking of it as the world ending. I'm thinking of it as the world beginning anew. Yeah. See, kind of, that's, that's more of what I thought this time. Um, like, it's not necessarily the end. We can just, not the end of the world, but a, we, a new beginning. We can we can get all the shittiest people in the world in a giant fucking blimp. Exactly. And blow yeah. them up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes me hopeful. <clears throat> okay, this is all cons cut material right here. Yeah. And it's like to me it's just like so necessary yeah <laughs> to really understand what the fuck is going on but with a bang
this too. I I don't I, I like these uh these two characters just just connecting here. Yeah. It adds more to their previous scene too. Mm-hmm. I don't know, there's some weird He liked getting tased in the balls <laughs> See? on some level. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's they kiss. God, that see, that's 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 so good. I'm it's gonna, cinema. I'm gonna come this out and say cinema. after all of this, I think I, I do prefer the, the, the cons cut more than the theatrical. Thank God, because we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> the next two years. And there is Stigmata. <laughs> Why? Why does Kevin Smith have to smoke pot in this movie? <laughs> it's in his contract. Every movie's in. This was before he was a pot guy, too. Oh, really? I I'm forgot. Yeah. Because sure. when when did that happen? It was Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen like introduced him oh, to actually yeah. smoking weed on Zach and Mary. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, other, he had the his had other the, downfall. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Believe back. I like Clerks Three. I like Clerks Three. Was not for me. <sighs> I mean, no. I I I like like I loved it on this like masochistic level, but like I. I it, it it's weird. Like I realized how much I actually cared about those characters right. <laughs> and watching yeah. that portrayal of them, and it just bummed me out. Like I just couldn't. Um, but I thought Jay and Silent Bob were really funny in it. I really love them, and I really hope he just keeps making Jay and Silent Bob movies now. Yeah. <laughs> just just go back to the bring the Isk universe back. Just keep making those. <clears throat> Yeah. For the love of God, try to get a budget or something. Dogma 2. I'll see that. Dogma 2. God, we need that. I think that's the one he can't make. I think it's like Weinstein still. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Yeah, Yeah, that movie's still like in limbo, right? Marcus, I think Marcus, didn't you and I do like a commentary on it? And we had to like watch like the YouTube link. Yeah, you can just watch it on YouTube. Yeah, the, it, it, it's uploaded there. And nobody's taking it down. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is a pimp, and pimps don't commit suicide. Great. And and, and like the milk of the fluid karma leaves his eyes, and he's seeing clearly for the first time. Uh, God, I love it. So I love crazy. It. It's so good. Oh, man. I don't know. Like it. It really does. I mean, it is long. <laughs> it is a what? long movie. Yeah. But it flows it so much better. Like it just it. flows so much better. I, I don't. I don't know if you agree with, but like that, it's it's something that just zips by when I watch it. Uh, 
I, I, I wish it was still going. <laughs> well, let's let's rewind. Let's start again. Well, we got a lot of you know. Let's just restart. <laughs> just restart now. I I I will say yeah. Watching the theatrical cut and then watching most of the cons cut earlier, it does it does flow. I think each version doesn't feel long to me as I'm watching it. But yes, these are long editions. These are long cuts. But the, hey, this was fun, Vera. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Oh. I, I any chance to watch this movie, and I love talking about this movie. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, Marcus. I know we talk all the way through the credits sometimes when we do commentaries, but I think we've we've had Vera on long enough. <laughs> well, <laughs> for for her sake. Um, I think I think we should just wrap up the show. We should we should just uh, say our closing sentiments. Sentiments, sentiments. Sure, sure. God, I'm losing it. Sen- sen- uh, uh, we've been recording for three hours. Um, let's let's go around the table and just say some some closing thoughts. Marcus, closing thoughts on the on the cons cut commentary we just did. Good movie. I'm excited to crack into it even further. I think this is as close as we have to the definitive version of this movie. Um, and yeah, this is, I mean, this for this commentary is my third time watching it. I need to watch it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll just say, yeah, like I said earlier, watching uh, this movie today for the first time in a long time, it felt like watching it anew. I, I'm, I'm excited. If we do end up doing that 12 part breakdown of the cons cut, I'm for it. I, I want to break this down again because I think there's more to dig into. Um, and Vera, any last thoughts on this cons cut? I I just think everybody should see this should see this version at least once because uh, it's I don't know it just does feel like closer to like what the original vision of this probably was like um, and also I I I I highly recommend the graphic novel yeah and if you can't afford it just find like a pdf of it too because it's just really it really fills in a lot of gaps i was i was kind of shocked uh reading it yeah um i said that on mic right i read a pdf on it (laughs) a pdf of it earlier for the show um yeah if you can find it legally and cheaply then do it but uh yeah find that graphic novel folks it's it's worth a read if you want to dig deeper into this world um, that's it. Oh, um, Marcus, you're going to say something? Not at all. No. Okay. Uh, plugs, plugs. Yeah. Uh, Vera, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> Vera, what do you want? <laughs> what, do you, what do you got? I got uh, this nothing. is coming out I mean, at the, the end of March. I think I, I made, I, well, I, know. I made I, a I, movie called it, the people's it, joker. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I may or may not be screening it right now. Um, if I am, it's it's completely legal because the movie's protected <laughs> by U.S. copyright law. Um, yes. it's fair use. It's a parody. It's a, it's it's a Batman parody. Uh, but yeah, be on the lookout for maybe screenings in in somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I really don't know how to t- I don't know how to plug this movie. I, yet, I, so. Yeah, I I will say we talked about it last time. You were here, and now, like, my want to see this movie has grown, um, and I can't wait to <laughs> legally watch it 
this legal ver this legal movie <laughs> legal 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 um and i can't wait for a lot more people to see it so if if it if it if you have a screening in austin i'm there um so there you go Vera, definitely will at some point soon i i hope awesome awesome uh once again vera thank you uh a joy having you on thank you f- i'm sorry i keep interrupting no it's fine <laughs> listen we've talked for three hours it's fine yeah like my brain is just fucking great it's is fluid karma right now <laughs> we're, we're, we're all heading towards the, the the apocalypse here or as we call it the end of this episode marcus it's time to wrap things up like we let's end it like we always do uh with, with, with every episode of this show here we go folks have have a nice, a nice apocalypse, apocalypse. Bye. Thank you.